Obviously, despite my differences with Stephanie McMahon, I live very close, just a short ferry ride away from Connecticut. So uninvited, unannounced, I arrived and made her a proposition. And I said, Stephanie, with the Hell in a Cell 20th anniversary rolling around, don't, don't let me be the guy on the couch watching this show. For the sake of history, let me play a role. And then I reminded her of a moment in time after I'd been thrown off that massive structure. They brought a, a gurney, a stretcher on wheels out, but the, there was nowhere for the gurney to go. So the massive cell started ascending towards the heavens with the undertaker on top. And as that stretcher rolled out, the fans, they knew! They didn't think they knew! That match was over! But on that one night, because there was an element of magic out there that made me feel like I was tougher and stronger and braver than I'd ever been before, and I know for a fact tougher and stronger and braver than I've ever been again, I found the strength to roll off that gurney. And as I began to ascend that massive structure one more time, there was an electricity in the air. And if you could have bottled it to the source, you could have lit up the city of Pittsburgh for a week. And so I explained to Stephanie my challenge. How can I feel as alive as that night 20 years ago when I was almost dead? So I'm here to tell you that six nights from now, I'm not going to be ringing a bell. I'm not going to be keeping time. I won't be around ringside at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view at all. You see, when that door slams shut on Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns, when their future meets my past and the future becomes now, I'll be locked inside with them as a special referee of Hell in a Cell. Baby! Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of Just What the Internet Needed More Of. That's right, it's a wrestling podcast. It's another wrestling podcast. It is called Top Marks. It's another wrestling podcast called Top Marks. My name is Justin Morissette and with me once again, as always, is the janitor himself. He's cleaning up the messes of the masses and oh boy, is there plenty to mop up today (laughs) in this weather. (laughs) Josh Custodio. Justin, you introduced this as if it was some sort of normal episode of Top Marks, but this is in fact a very uh, web-slinging episode of Top Marks, I think that's safe to say. Are, yeah, are we just going to talk about Spider-Man? Do you want to talk about wrestling after Raw last N- No. <laughs> what would you rather talk I about? I mean, what have I spent more time doing over the past, let's say, 72 hours? Yeah. Watching and thinking about pro wrestling. Or? Playing Spider-Man for PS4. What's the answer? Definitely Spider-Man. <laughs> 100% Spider-Man. Yeah, big time me too on yeah. that one. Uh, should we give some thoughts on Spider-Man off the top of the show? Sure, yeah, let's do it. I like to play it. I love it. It's one of, uh, it is the game I've been waiting for for a very long time. And with that out of the way, this is Top Marks. It's a wrestling show where every week you and I, j we break down the one, two, three <laughs> biggest topics in the world of wrestling. For how long, Justin? A maximum of 15 minutes at a time, though sometimes that is not the case. Well, let's not, you know, don't. You know, edit this out, uh-huh. but, yeah, I mean, we don't always do the three rounds. I mean, it's yeah. not always the 15 we minutes. We cut the third round last so week. One of our rounds was close to half an hour. We're probably going to cut the third round this week. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, yeah, that's all edited out, so we're, we're good to <laughs> yeah, go thank here. Thank God you didn't hear any of that. Yeah, that's what I like to do is say things on air, just ask you to edit them out. Justin, I'm actually – I am excited to do the show this week because I feel like there has been – you know, there's Hell in a Cell coming up on Sunday. There's yeah. also some news and notes that are worth touching on. Yeah, I feel like that's the case, too. And, I, you know, I'm excited to do the show this week, too, because 
you know, I, I need to get out of my Spider-Man mode. Yes. And think about pro wrestling and get back into the swing. Okay, all right. Here well, as we get towards Hell in a Cell, if you know what I'm well, saying. Well, let me spin a little web for you here, J-Mo. I'm going to mm-hmm. set it up for you because we are going to be talking about Hell in a Cell in our first two rounds this week for no longer than 15 minutes. The first round detailing the raw side of the card and the backside being the SmackDown side of Hell in a Cell. Yeah. Now, we're recording this for Pull the Curtain Back on Tuesday afternoon. SmackDown, so is SmackDown not has not happened. Correct. We don't know who the other side of the SmackDown tag team title match is yet, and who knows what else could develop. I think it was the bar. Wasn't that... Did we determine or did, that last Or did week? they just make it into the final? I think week. that's just the final, and then tonight's match is to determine. But we can look that up before we uh, head uh, yeah. go headlong into I thought it was the bar. I was looking forward to that match, if that was the case. You've been calling for it for a while, oh, yeah. I mean, I just want Sheamus and Cesaro to have something to do. Yeah, it was weird. I was with a friend of the show, Fergie, a couple weeks ago, and we watched the... Wow. the <laughs> Let me bend over and pick up that name for you. <laughs> what? He's, he's some sort of famous guy? Yeah, yeah. He's a big wrestler on the scene uh, He's here. a great wrestler, but... Uh, yeah, I think you dropped something well, it's that name that uh-huh, you, uh, well I don't feel bad for it at all uh, <laughs> we watched the the match that created that tag team Sheamus versus Cesaro the end of their best of seven series that ends in a, a double count out and I realized how much you miss these guys on television. Of course, we'll get more into this in the round, but I'm with you, man. Any usage for those two? Uh, they're without a bad match as far as, like, not, you know. As, as a tag team. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I would agree with that, yeah. actually. They, I, were, they, they carried the Hardys. Like, think about the limitations yeah. that both Matt and Jeff, but especially Matt, have at this point. In 2018. That was like a three-and-a-half-month or four-month feud. That They had multiple pay-per-view matches against each other on a long run there. Yeah. And every Every single one of them was good. Yeah, it's the imagine Matt Hardy having a run of four pay per views <laughs> in a row where he has good matches. It honestly the, seems at impossible. this age. It seems impossible. Yeah, uh, but you know, as a high quality as that was, Jamo, we must of course start this show talking about someone before we get into the round. Someone who is a uh, less consistently good quality, to put it very kindly. Do you know who I'm talking about? Oh, that's a terrible way to describe Spider Man. <laughs> Indeed, not Peter Parker, J-Mo. <laughs> what? I no, I'm, you're not going to let me talk about it. I loved Spider-Man 2. That was like one of the great Xbox games of all time. <laughs> I, I agree and with you. And now we fast forward like 15 years later. Yeah. And we have like the spiritual successor to this game finally. Well, this is much better than Spider-Man 2 in my estimate. A game which I like, but, yeah. but this is, you know. Well, yeah, it, but like you can see the echoes of the old game. In oh. It. They even throw little nods in there. You found the balloon. Yeah, yeah uh, the backpack. balloon guy. Yeah, This is very <laughs> Baseball. Uh, Justin, who I was referring to is not J. Jonah Jameson. It is one Jonathan Coachman. Ah, yes. Who, coach. if, if we are to be believed, uh, if the reports are to be believed, has been replaced on Monday Night Raw commentary by one I mean, Renee WWE Young. confirmed. Did they say that she's replaced? Because they said she's now a full-time commentator. Yes. But I don't know if that means she's always going to be filling Jonathan Coachman's shoes. Yeah, it does. Well, Coachman is off. He will just solely be working. I think he's taking Renee's role now. He's going to be anchoring the pre-show panels going forward. As much as I've said terrible things about the coach throughout this whole commentary run, I can think of some memorable moments with him as a backstage interviewer. Yeah, I mean, if they were to go back to what he was doing back when he was successful in the late 90s, early 2000s, yeah, use him as that guy. and Use him as a backstage interviewer. He is a perfect dumbass to to let heels or babyfaces for that matter 
just like run up on some comedy uh, against this doofus interviewer. Yeah, he's he's just such a natural schmuck. Like he's great for that. Can you imagine like Kevin Owens roasting Coachman backstage and like an it'd be, all, yeah, it'd be, it's a, such a natural pairing and that sort of thing. So I mean, I'll, yeah, like I mean, even Michael Cole was good at that. You think about like who The Rock was consistently dunking on, and always, he could do it with anybody. He but, was like Kevin Kelly, Michael Cole, but yeah. Coachman like stands up. Those are the ones I remember as one of the greatest that he ever got to do that against. Absolutely. What do you think of Renee on comedy? So far, she, you know, I, I, she's not adding a ton. Yeah, that's. But when you are trying to fill the shoes of, say, a coachman or even a Booker T or a JBL, yeah, like not being noticeable in a bad way is a good thing. Yeah, I it's, mean, it's like when we talk about like defensemen in hockey. Okay, like, that's the ice sport. Yes. Okay. And d- defensemen are the guys who play on the back end, so they're not rushing into the offensive zone all the time. They hang back. Is this a work, or they choose to like they, not be they, the ones scoring? They choose. Wow. They have other responsibilities that include defending and wow. keeping the puck out of their own net. Yeah, this game but, doesn't sound for me. But often when we talk about defensemen, yeah. and maybe this is a similar commentary for like the way you would describe defenders in soccer, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. It's like if you don't notice them – that means they are doing their job because they're not sticking out like a sore thumb. I wouldn't say that's especially true of soccer. The, the comparison that actually comes to mind is bass players. Okay. Like a bass player is doing their best if, you're, if they're not standing out. Okay, so the like, music comparison works better for you. I'm big and dumb, so I just have to go with whatever makes yeah, sense yeah. for me. No, but like that is – and that's the vibe I get from Renee. Is yeah. like, and she can grow into this. Like she's – good she's funny there's something there. she comes from like an improv background in mm-hmm. the toronto kind of theater comedy scene as well so like I, there's a ton of potential for her to do very well at this as she gets more comfortable mm-hmm. and feels more acclimated I and mean, she used to do the commentary for nxt yeah but she that had a short run there going way back now that's like three or four years ago it feels like can i tell you what i like about it sure i, I like that having a female voice on the commentary booth does something to separate it from the smackdown mm-hmm. like i feel like this I don't know if this is you know very simple to think of, but I think of NXT has Nigel and brings like sort of an English polish to it, mm-hmm. and Raw now has a female voice. Like there's there's little differentiators where I could pick them out. Whereas when you have the two, the two desks of three between Raw and SmackDown, where it's like Cole and Phillips playing similar roles and they're just sort of mirrored. Yeah, they feel sort of murky to me. I like that there's like the Raw commentary team has like a different feel now. I think that's good. Yeah, for sure, and like. She one of the things that I would have noticed about her in the brief appearances that she's made thus far is that she seems almost like conspicuously absent at times during like Dean matches and mm. then she just like doesn't really know what to say. That didn't stand out to me, but that makes sense. Like I mean, especially her first time out when Dean like returned in the main event, she basically said nothing in that entire segment. Yeah, because it's like what well, I don't know. But I look forward to a time when. Like, we can get to sort of the vibe that, um, like, Samoa Joe has had with her. Okay. When he, like, and he was even on SmackDown when Dean came back and did a backstage interview with her and was like, good to see you're a two-income household again. <laughs> like, and I mean, he he was the one taking uh, credit for injuring Dean in the first place and had all kinds of digs that, like... Yeah, he tweeted something to that Sorry, Sorry you have to be the only income in your home right now. <laughs> and, and, like, he's great Joe at that. Joe is the best. But, like, imagine a situation where, you know, we're, we're involved in some kind of feud where, you know, Kevin Owens is running up against the Shield guys or whatever. Right. So Dean is in the ring having a match. And Kevin Owens is sitting at the commentary table with Renee. 
Like, um, and like, just imagine the kind of back and forth that can happen there. It seems t- it would be a shame if that isn't explored. Like, that's super interesting. But she has to get more comfortable, I feel like, to be able to explore that element of her life yes. within a character setting, I think. Please correct me if you remember the details better, because as we know, my memory is just atrocious. But last year on SmackDown, didn't they tease like a Miz and Maurice versus Dean and Renee feud? Yes. And they like acknowledged on television that Dean and Renee yes. were together? Yes. So I guess... It- the, that was when it seemed like the plan was going to be Cena versus Taker. And right. Then, and, then, and then Cena's plans changed, and basically he bumped Dean and Renee out of that spot, and it became John and Nikki. Well, and Dean got injured. Yeah. So because I, like they did, like I think Renee slapped Miz in the yeah, ring. Yeah, that's in a, right. In an interview. That's right. Yeah. Justin, a couple other notes about the show before we get into the rounds. If you like what you hear, you can always head on over to Patreon.com/slash/TopMarks. Throw a couple dollars in the hat. Mm-hmm. Here's some retro reviews and some fun commentaries. Well, I feel like we talked more there about our hopefulness for Renee, and less about the fact that like. Coachman just sucks shit. Yeah, I mean, for a company that doesn't seem to listen very much, to, that makes me think that they noticed he was bad. Yeah, I mean, I said this in our group chat this week, and, you know, uh, Descharm piped in with, like, this just speaks to how overwhelmingly awful he was at his <laughs> yeah, job. Yeah, he was. It's like, this is such, like, a, a company that has such, like, a star fucker mentality. And for whatever reason, they think Jonathan Coachman is a star. Yeah, ESPN, they love that sort of mainstream but cachet. Like, I talked about this when he was on Raw 25. Yeah. And Cole was like, oh, my God, it's the coach. <laughs> yeah. Can you believe it? Yeah. The coach is here. Yeah, I can it's believe like, it. Yeah, of course I can believe it. They, like... Stop acting like he's the biggest star making a cameo appearance on this show. Yeah. He's some fucking schmuck that nobody gives a shit about. But yes, he gives them cachet because he used to work for ESPN. So people think, even though he had the, like, sexual assault, like, misconduct fucking oh, right. harassment scandal that broke Ugh. as he rejoined the company. And they were like, we will look into it. But nothing ever the came of it. coach sucks. Yeah. And he was just... Like, you would think, because they are so obsessed with any sort of rub they can get from mainstream media or anything like that, that, like, this, they are such a star fucker company, we are going to be stuck with this guy for years. Justin, we're going to play a game right now, mm-hmm. okay? And you can't cheat, you can't joke, you can't get around it. You and I both have to say something nice oh, and positive oh, about Jonathan Coachman, okay? Okay, okay. So this, because I feel like he's been a bit of a an absolute punching bag on this program. That's for because he sucks. Uh, so so can I hear something nice about uh, the coach from you, uh, Justin? If I could just... <sighs> okay. For a little bit there, <laughs> I thought that he might be playing a character okay in that like he was acting like you know intentional dumb guy who doesn't know anything so that he could be like an audience surrogate sure in much the same way that like say you watch a movie like inception and ellen page's character doesn't know anything about this world that she's entering so into. Leo and it's an excuse yeah. that you can explain everything to an audience surrogate character that is what i thought jonathan coachman might be doing okay Ultimately, he's just an idiot who didn't, <laughs> who never watched the product. It was no given, and had no idea what he was talking about at any given moment. Yeah, ever about anything. But for a time, I was like, <laughs> okay, maybe this is useful for new viewers, right? Because they these other two 
guys are just stuck explaining everything to this bozo who's never watched anything before. So to be clear, your nice thing about him is you thought was, he might it, be faking it, being an idiot, <laughs> but it turns out he is an idiot. Yeah, no. Well, the nice thing is it seemed like having him on commentary could be beneficial as an entry point to people who, yeah. like Jonathan Coachman, were watching Monday Night Raw for the first time yeah. and didn't know anything about what was happening. I could see that. Yeah, that, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good Because, you know, I want wrestling to be an inclusive thing that people can just tune in and say, What's hey, going this on? Is, yeah, I, I, this can be for me. Yeah. This is an overwhelming amount of backstory that I need to know. So, yeah, that's my one Oof, nice thing, I that's guess. That's a good one. It's not even as backhanded as can be. <laughs> <laughs> well, in between rounds one and two. This hey, what? You're not going to do it. Oh, I don't have anything good to say what about Jonathan you, Coachman. You, you made me do it. <laughs> All right. Uh, he seems to have nice teeth. Seems like he's got a good set of chompers. Yeah. I mean, he's clearly got something good going on with the golf channel. Oh, does he? That's what he – every time he's been away on assignment. It's doing golf stuff? Yeah, he's, where he's got previous commitments for the golf channel. Oh, that, yeah, I really have nothing good to say about Coachman. What else was so saying? I do have good things to say about the golf channel. Do you? For taking him away from us. Yeah, what, what would you give it out of five? The golf channel? Yeah. Probably 7.25. You know what I'd give it? What? Four! <laughs> Folks, that's the <laughs> classic oh. custodial wit right just, there. Just a little joke for you. Yeah. Just, just, that's just a little humding. Yeah. I thought there was a zinger oh, I was making a, I was making a Meltzer star ratings joke. Oh! And you went for the golf classic. I... Either I should have known. Yeah. Shoot. Hey, you deserve a green jacket for that one. Unlike WWE, we listen when the people ask for things. And uh, we got a couple tweets asking for an episode of Sunday Night Tweet this week, so you can listen for that in between round one and two. Yeah, coming back. Just anything else you want to get to before we dive into Hell in a Cell? Uh, yeah. Okay. I do want to mention something. Go ahead. And that is that I forgot to mention. Oh. You know, I talked glowingly last week about the wonderful experience that I had with Emerson and Brent at yeah, All In. Yeah, you did. And, and I do... Uh, uh, you know, I'm happy to shout those guys out again. Sure, but I I did see. Uh oh, I did see someone. Oh no, that I forgot to mention. Oh no, and that now were their I know, hurt? I know that Michael J. Foist oh. at Coca Cola LLC, our sponsor, and Scoots Brodo, my guy, and his lady friend, who is I'm sure wonderful. They were all at all in. Okay, and they, and, I, and they, I think they wanted to see me. Yeah, I'm sure they, they like Michael J. Foist. Like he tweeted at me saying, "I want, I want a hug from the big dog. Yeah, I want a madman hug. I, they're great because people. It's been hyped up that I'm, I'm a hugger. Apparently, yeah, you're the Bailey of our friend group. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, it didn't happen. Unfortunately, okay. I did not get to hang out with our listeners beyond. Emerson wow, and Brent. you were up but, in your ivory but, tower. But here's what I did. Spitting here's on what them. did happen that I didn't mention last week. <laughs> yeah. At the conclusion of Zero Hour, as we go from the pre-show into the main card of All In, yeah. I had just like I'm taking in the crowd. I'm looking around at just this sea of Bullet Club shirts. Yeah, I'm sure. And who do I see walking down the stairs? One of the people making you just his mentioned. way to his seats. With his special lady friend. Scoots Brodo? Scoots Brodo. Hey! What are the chances in an arena of more than 11,000 people yeah. that I would look to my right at the exact moment to see Scoots Brodo head into his seat? Hang on. Let me crunch the numbers. I'll give you a percentage. Hang on. Can you just fill some time sure, here? Sure, absolutely. the calculator. And me and Emerson both yelled at him. We were both yelling, Scoots! Okay, I got it. Scoots! Uh, the odds are six. Six? Yep. 
percent? I'm not sure. I just the calculator just it is what it is. I don't think it worked. Yeah, I know it worked. It. I trust oh, me. No, I, I don't know. I got this under. I don't think you turned it on. I think you just pretended to crunch some numbers. Nope, there. nope. Didn't just touch my phone. It's mm. it's a six. Nope. I don't so know about there's that. The answer to your question. Remember when your gimmick was going to be the accountant? <laughs> I liked it. The crunch yeah. the numbers. It's time to crunch the numbers. <laughs> I was sort of doing a you know a callback there. Mm-hmm. So there mm-hmm. you go. Justin, with all this uh, out of the way, you can see why we didn't pursue that gimmick any further because you're obviously terrible at crunching the numbers. <laughs> no further but questions. But you're great at taking out the trash. <laughs> you know what else I'm great at, JMO? Getting in to round number one. one. I just thought it was nice that I saw Scoot. It was really cool. Round one. Fight. <laughs> Justin, when you die, you will, of course, go to heaven. Everyone knows that, but it is not so for I'm, our hero. I'm a perfect angel. That's, well, I mean, that's, I mean, okay. And the people write in to say that all the time. They, that's, uh, the only questions we get are, how is Justin so angelic? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it is not so for our heroes in the WWE. Justin, is this Sunday they will be going to hell. Yeah, I keep, I heard that people just DM you to be like, why won't I see Justin when I die? <laughs> Because I'm going to the bad place. Yeah, that's they are very concerned about it. You won't meet them at all in. You won't meet them in hell. It's starting to seem like you're a little high and mighty, quite frankly. Which uh, <laughs> I mean, not the attitude. We're an inclusive podcast. Look, I just I I try to be a good, sweet boy, and ah. that comes with uh, its rewards in the afterlife. Apparently, will you ever be a good, sweet boy, and then out of nowhere just turn into a bad guy? Um. Now I can't say because then it wouldn't be a surprise. When okay, I do it. that's true. You got to keep a <laughs> swerve alive. But uh, that is exactly what happened to Braun Strowman. Uh, yeah, uh, I guess two weeks ago now, as they uh, turn him official. Would you say officially heel mm-hmm. uh, to be sort of the antagonist to the Shield's protagonist? What do we think of that choice, Justin? Um, I hate it. <laughs> yeah. I hate everything about it. What do you hate about it? Well, Jeremy? I I hate that like, God, like this is. Okay, your number one star-making tool in WWE, basically, in this day and age, is the Money in the Bank contract. And they flopped it. They completely just flubbed it. It was awful last year. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And then this year, they've used it in such a way where... Look, what did what did we say about Braun coming into Money in the Bank and coming out of it also? That he feels sort is of... Is that he, do, he does not need a contract. He's already at that top level where he could just be booked into a title match at any point for any reason. Yeah, I, I remember... And then for him to use it not even to cash in during a match but to make a match... At a pay-per-view. It's like, why the fuck did he ever have this thing? Well, and not only that, JMO, I think it devalues him even more than you're saying. Because if you recall, at uh, SummerSlam, he came out and he's like, it's not my style to, to come and interrupt. Like, I'm... I'm sitting here waiting for the winner. I'm letting you know. You know? But but that didn't work out for him. He ended up getting absolutely mauled. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that he wouldn't change course to do one of those run-ins makes me feel like, as a character, he you know, it's like, what, what are you doing? Well, and then, of course, like, his whole thing was like, well, I can't. I can't cash in my money in the bank contract because you got the hounds of justice waiting to have your back anytime I try and cash in. Well, he Except how did that show end then? After he said, I'm using my contract to create this match and it's going to be well. in a cell so your boys can't interfere because I can never get at you and you'll never be vulnerable because your boys will always have your back. How did that episode of Raw end, Josh? He has a whole bunch of backup. <laughs> he had backup and and the shield was left 
laying. Yeah. They were killed. Just they were dead. He hit them all with a running power slam. Roman, in particular, was out cold. Yep. Wouldn't it be useful for him to have a contract at that point <laughs> that he could say, I'm cashing in right now to pin you right this second? Jamo, would you believe I didn't think of that? But good lord, are you correct? That's what is that? the same fucking episode. Yeah. He said, I'm never going to get you in this position. So uh. this briefcase is meaningless to me. It's useless. And then not even three hours later. God, wouldn't it be good if you had a fucking briefcase right now? Like, Jesus. I hadn't even considered the, how dumb that was. It's horrible. Yeah, they have horrible. completely devalued what the Money in the Bank briefcase means. And they gave themselves an out not even a month ago Kevin Owens. to still give it to Kevin Owens. Yeah. It, that choice really isn't aging well, the the Braun keeping it over Owens. Because if you'll remember, and, and I think I look kind of stupid, you know, given the benefit of hindsight, mm-hmm. but when Braun won the Money in the Bank, I wasn't happy about it going into the show. But exiting the show, I was like, you know what? It's kind of a different spin on it. It's not sneaky. It's like, this guy can be champ whatever he wants. And I felt kind of positive about that. But whatever that positivity is, all they've done is just detoothed him, made him look kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. Like, like that, that's one example. But think but of there's like, been countless. It's been, it was four months of Kevin Owens getting absolutely clowned. Clowned. For the benefit of building up Braun Strowman as a top babyface. Yeah. And you go through that whole program that... And so badly for Owens that he literally has to say, I quit and leave the show. Yep. Even if that only lasted for a week. And then he comes out and helps Braun the next week. Okay, that, that makes absolutely no <laughs> sense also. <laughs> but like you devalue this guy so much to build somebody else up as a babyface and then immediately turn him heel at the conclusion of that feud. Yeah, it is wonky, All right? of it is bad. There's no part of it that's good. I agree. So so I always, I always do want to do this on the show, though. When when the booking is bad, which in this case, in my opinion, it's pretty indefensibly bad. That's just my opinion, but I'm not even all that open to, to the counter-argument. of like, no, this is good. Braun, Braun should be heel. I still want to call out the, the strength of the performer, because I do think Braun Strowman... Is doing a good job. He's he's not only, he's like ripped out a bunch of the babyface things, but still like maintained over. Like He doesn't feed to the crowd and do the yell and all these sort of things. Like, yeah. That, He's doing positively, and I think it does. It strengths. Uh, it speaks to hi- the strength of him as a performer, because not everybody could do this jarring U-turn of, of alignment, right? And I, I feel like he's still floating. So I think I have to call out that that's good for Braun Strowman. Absolutely, and like, look, I mean, the Shield are going to be the top baby faces, I guess. Yeah. So for a while, so, it looks like. So yeah. So I like if that's your plan is to have those guys be. One, two, three in the babyface pecking order, then maybe Braun as a heel makes sense. But to do it at a time when. That's right. It's like Becky Lynch, right? Like, mm. we came out of SummerSlam, and Becky Lynch and Braun Strowman are, you know, Braun number one, Becky number two, your top babyfaces on your second biggest pay per view of the year. Yeah. And then you try to turn both of them, one on the show. That does which, seem weird. Which failed. Yep. And one, like, on the Raw after, which. I guess is taking, but like I don't is think it? anybody really wants to boo Braun Strowman. No, and you're certainly not going to get him booed by beating up Roman Reigns. Like you heard it last night. Like he power slams Dean, boo! Power slams that, boo! Power, power slams, slams Roman, Roman. Yeah. yeah. Like it's 
And this is why, and listen, I don't want to be too anti-WWE, because me saying, they got to stop pushing Roman. Everyone hearing our voices right now knows, knows that. that. This, so I don't want to go too far down that, but I, I do just want to say that the, the pairing with the Shield works when they enter as three, and like it's the three, but Roman's mm. going to get booed on Sunday. But here's the thing, and, and maybe we've talked about this before because we've been doing the show for so long, and yeah. I feel like it must have come up. Like, if they had just pulled the trigger on a Roman heel turn... Like three <laughs> ye- three years ago, yeah, he could be your top babyface in an organic way right now. Well, I, I, Justin, I don't mean to to say Justin, what are you talking about? This sort of one up, but I think it's almost certain he would be. Yeah, because maybe not number one, but but certainly in a a beloved zone. Yeah. I brought this up. I can't remember who I was chatting with on Twitter, and I think I've said this to you before too. Like, uh, you look at like the character development. And alignment changes and, like, the formation of partnerships and the dissolution of factions from, like, a four-year period. Let's go 1997 to 2001 for, like, pick pick your poison. The Rock. Whoever. Triple H. You used The Rock, which I think was a great example when you discussed this with me. Yeah, yeah. So either of those guys over the course of that era, all of the changes and developments that they go through and, like, you know – the formation of character traits and like things that these guys do that define who they are over a four-year period where so much changes for both of those guys. What well, an enormous landscape, amount. Landscape yeah, the wise. landscape changes. Now, look at a four-year period for Roman Reigns between 2014 and 2018. It's static. It's very it static. Is static. And I, again, I I would almost go one step further with you. It's like the, the continuation of him wearing the shield gear and the shield music. I think you could rewind that even further back to him being static. Like he's been Roman Reigns his entire time on the main. Like breaking up out and, of the shield didn't even do. And anything. what does that mean? What does it mean to be Roman Reigns? How would you describe that character to anyone who's say <laughs> you you got a Jonathan Coachman on your hands <laughs> who's never seen Raw before? Who's yeah. like I don't know what this. This guy's all about Michael, but he sure seems large. (laughs) How would you explain who Roman Reigns is as a character? You can't because he hasn't done anything for like four and a half years. He's so unique because you almost can't describe Roman without all the like meta context. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like it's because he is very unprecedented. I, I find I struggle when people are like, well, he's like John Cena or these other polarizing guys. It's like. He's pretty unprecedented, guys. Like, John Cena's push was not extremely popular, but there were matches that were extremely over, and there, he certainly had his fan base. Like, never and he mind had some good matches. But, like, a Maga match. Never mind four years, though. Like, that's right. If you reduce it to even a two-year window, if you look at The Rock between like ninety-seven and ninety-nine, there's a number a of heel and face turns there, and those turns mean something because every time he changes. We change how we react to him. Well, and he changes, and he, which is, yeah. like, important. And he changes based on how we react also. Whereas, like, the Roman's character is removed from anything. Reception does not alter anything about how he's no, portrayed. No, certainly not. Like... <laughs> it's, we, it's you're right. It's unprecedented. We've got to move on here, JMO, but we've got to touch on this. Mick Foley being the the special guest referee for this match, re-entering Hell in a Cell. Does this add anything for you? I mean, it'll be fun to see him. Yeah, and it is the 20th anniversary of the big 
you know, Hellenist. drop. So. Yeah. I, I guess I didn't mention this on the show last week. I met him two weeks ago. I yeah. went to his one-man show and got a picture with him and chatted him up for a bit. He's a huge fan of our show, which is nice. Really? No, I'd never heard of it. Listens every I week? Didn't even ask. Yeah. Uh, well... I will say I thought he actually kind of killed it on Raw last night. The he, he can slip into those impassioned promos, and when you're not getting them week in and week out, they feel less stagnant. And it, it's nice to see Foley every now and then. It is kind of weird, though, given the way he left Raw mm. and the acrimonious relationship that he had with Stephanie yeah, at that time. And embarrassed. For, yeah, for him to come back and be like, I told Stephanie that I'm, I want to be in the heart of it. And that she, is weird. She said, I love you, Mick. Yeah. Anything for you, my old friend. That is extremely stupid. That jumped out of me as being bizarre and also just the fact that like look you're right he is good at it but like christ how many times are we gonna do this it's every three single year, year. Four, in a year four in a row yeah three, a at lot. least three years in a that's row a where lot. he comes back and does the same promo yeah that's like you don't understand <laughs> when you get into that cell it is hell <laughs> like, ah, mick i think we read what the name of the match is <laughs> it indeed is the name <laughs> uh Jamo, who wins this match roman reigns <sighs> braun Strowman. roman right yeah I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it's so easy to call. I think it is Roman, though. Yeah. Mike was saying this, too. He thinks Braun's going to win on some fuckery, and then they'll flip it back to Roman. But I just think they want Reigns to have a long reign at this point. It's hard to predict until you know the result of the tag match. Mm. But I, I'll lean with you, and I'll go Roman, just because I've seen this show before. Yeah. But uh, well, Every time he's been champ so far, short reigns. Very nicely done. Yeah. But I mean, that's. I don't They want to give him a defining run, and this should be the time to do that. Yeah, right? I agree. Jamo, let's touch on that tag match as uh, Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre defend their Raw tag team titles against Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. I'm fired up for this match, man. Yeah? Yeah, I think there's there's a lot of good pairings there. McIntyre-Rollins does a lot for me. Like, mm-hmm. when those two go in, they seem like a, an interesting clash of styles. I can imagine how Seth is going to work with a guy that big but also agile. And, and so man, first Dolph took the, the best-looking dirty deeds of all time a the couple pop-up. weeks ago. The pop-up, yeah. yeah. So, so I, and first time we're sort of getting to see – I know he Dean's wrestled, like, in parts. But first pay-per-view match, like a key role, and that holds a lot for me, obviously, as a big Dean Ambrose fan. This is probably, besides Joe and AJ, my most anticipated match on the card. I'm excited for it. Yeah, I mean, I uh, – uh, I think both these, both these teams work well together. There's yep. some good, like you said, matching styles. Dean can come in and work like a brawler style against Drew, which I think will be fun. That's, and like <coughs> that's you said, right. like Seth, like we've already seen Seth and Seth and Dolph can can go. Absolutely, we've seen it for months on end. Yeah, Seth and Drew seems like the which is weird because I'm not a big fan of those guys, but that does you know sometimes just like pairings can supersede your opinions of one person. Do you think that uh, Seth and Dean will win this here? Because I do feel like they want to segue Drew into the main event against Roman. That's that is what I think is going to happen. I think if you're, I almost don't see how you get away from Dean and Seth winning. And then here. Rollins is going to be a double champ who doesn't defend the IC anymore. That basically. does seem bizarre, doesn't it? Yeah, unless he's going to work two matches on one pay-per-view yeah i don't know man now you got me thinking they're gonna lose but my instinct is you have dean's return if you have roman when you have the three of them with the belts again and then everything yeah. sets into motion i'll pick rollins and ambrose or uh, rollins and yeah rollins and ambrose here but you you bring up a very good point like he's also the ic champion so i don't yeah, know yeah we get no ic title match on this uh show which is why the raw side of this card is so small I yeah think. we're literally getting to the final raw match on this uh which is ronda rousey versus alexa bliss yeah. What do you I, have to say about this? Uh, they've <laughs> been working a different style match yeah. on house shows in the lead up to this. What sort of style? In, in that it's like, you know, when their match at SummerSlam was just a squash. Yeah. Ber- yeah. Berserker, Ronda. Yeah. And this has been like, you know, dastardly tactics, heel Alexa kind of drawing it out with more of like a classic kind of 
psychology match that you might see okay. in you know the 80s, basically. Just some some classic dirty heel tactics. Just doing whatever they can to win. Just, just what, get, besides get some one-upmanship by like you know putting the ref in compromising positions and that sort of thing. So. I know we don't have a ton of time here, JMO, but where are you with Ronda Rousey? Big draw for you on shows still? Dude, I love it. Yeah. She's, I, she's electric. Yep. She's got that... Same energy as The Rock where you just got to look at her. It's bizarre for me because I don't feel it on television as much, but on the pay-per-views, I look forward to Ronda matches, and I obviously think she retains here. You you agree, I think? Yeah. I mean, they hit the they hit the heart finisher on TV last yeah. night. It was awesome. It was super awesome. <laughs> That's the heart attack, right? I don't know why the yeah. name slipped my mind. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the heart attack. Jamo, we are, uh, you know, I don't want to get you too excited here, but we're bringing back a segment. We're bringing back a big segment. We're bringing back the people segment. We're bringing back. Sunday Night Tweet. And Justin, for our new listeners who may have not heard one of these before, Sunday Night Tweet is a, a segment where I, uh, I go on the website Twitter.com and I look up Twitter profiles of members of the active WWE not roster. familiar with this website. Never heard of it before. Twitter.com? Yeah. Stay off. Uh, <laughs> you, you are a lucky man, but you can follow him at Justin Morris, ladies and gentlemen. He's on there all the time. Am I? <laughs> Am I? I go on Twitter.com and I look at profiles of active members of the WWE roster for sort of I am. <laughs> for sort of bizarre, weird, strange. Any tweet that catches my eye for a reason, I read them aloud to you, Jamo verbatim. Yes. Based on absolutely nothing. Very little. Who these people might be. The roster is, I think, 160 deep. It's your odds are bad, but uh, Justin somehow manages to, to do reasonably well. I've most gone five time. for five, I think twice before. I think two times. So let's see if you can repeat that again as we enter the people segment, Sunday night tweet. Justin, are you ready for the first tweet? Sure am. Let's do it. Dear Boycott Nike folks, instead of burning or trashing, send whatever Nike gear you no longer want to me at this address, 2101 North Florida Avenue in Tampa. I will partner with Metro Ministries and the Tampa PD and other agencies to distribute to those in need. Thanks. Somebody who works for Nike, or no, who lives for, in Tampa is yeah. what I was going to say. Who's asking for the gear so mm -hmm. he can donate it to, to those less fortunate. Yeah. Lives in Tampa, though. Who lives in Tampa? This is, a would you agree, a very kind act, a nice thing? It is, yeah. So I doubt it's a heel doing this. Oh, yeah, and it is not. It's a baby face. It's someone who you would expect. This isn't like way out of left field. This is someone known for, for being a good person, doing some, some charitable work. Charitable activities in the Florida area. That's right. I will say Mr. Worldwide himself, Titus O'Neill. Worldwide! Justin, you're one for one. Welcome back to Sunday Night Tweet. 100% success yeah. ratio. There we go. It is indeed the man from Titus Worldwide, the faction we created. It's Titus O'Neill. Dana Brooke quit our faction this ah, week. Fuck didn't her, she? man. I'm, I hope. I got nothing good to say about Dana Brooke leaving Titus O'Neill. Yeah, good luck out there in the Indies, Dana. That's what I have to say. Yeah. Good luck. I'm sure people are dying to see you versus Emma. Yeah. Lord, not no shade to Emma. I'm just saying. I mean, she didn't quit the company. She just quit the faction. Right? In my eyes, she quit the company. What's oh. she going to do outside of Titus is worldwide? Seriously, is she yeah. getting any sort of push? Maybe on Evolution, she's in a multi-woman match? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. You're one for one, Jamo. Let's head on into tweet number two here. Let's do it. I just can't settle down my honky-tonk life. Hashtag Hank3. Hashtag Lowdown. Hashtag Crazed Country Rebel. That's got to be one person and one person only. Tell me who that one person is, Jamie. That's the sexy Amelia Earhart herself, <laughs> Sarah Logan. Justin, it is indeed Sarah Logan. Sexy Amelia Earhart herself steps into the spotlight to the, tell you. The Blitz and Trapper, baby. She cannot settle down 
on her honky-tonk life. <laughs> nice to go through Sarah Logan's uh, timeline looking for these. I haven't gotten to do it in a while, and let me tell yeah. you, she has not changed. No, and you know what? I got to say, mm. yes. Riot Squad, yep. they're doing good work. Yeah, I, The gimmick of them being like, we're crazy rebels is still not working for not me. Not working. Like, uh, you know, I think they said uh, they, they, like, vandalized some Bella signs this week. All that is nonsense. Yeah. But the three of them are doing good the, ring work. The, oh, my goodness. I can't remember. Liv Morgan's uh, Ron on the outside. I thought Ruby Riot doing good wrestling. Ruby is very good. Uh, Sarah Logan, there was the dive issue with Brie Bella where I thought a lot of that was Sarah Logan's fault. But okay. in general, I, I agree. I think that there's there's something to the three of yeah, them. Yeah, they definitely are are. It's good to have Ruby back. Yeah. Oh, uh, def- they, def- yeah. <laughs> they definitely missed her when they yeah. were just a duo for There's a while no there. Doubt about but, that. But, like, you know, anytime, like, they do a trios uh, three-on-three match and say, like, the, the two in the ring are, like, Ruby and Sasha, sign me up, Yeah, man. sign me up, man. It's good stuff. It's also, it's beneficial just sort of in what I would say is a crowded women's division right now for them to be in a faction. Like, everyone can sort of get over without having to eat up too much, pardon me, TV time. Yeah. It's just – it's a good thing, and I, I think I was very cold on them sort of the, the debuting at the same time with Absolution. Well, it's because so they, weird. they were night two, right? They were the copycat. That's right. Yeah, out. exactly. But but I, I'll leave my words a bit on this one. I think there's something to the Riot Squad. I would say at this point, do not break them up. Yeah, under they're any doing great. So you're two for two, JMO. Perfect. Tweet number three. Bears look scary. Both sides of the ball. Four exclamation points. Bears look scary. Both sides of the ball. Yeah, that's right. So. Now, I know there is one man who uh, studiously follows the Chicago Bears with great interest. Oh, I thought this was about the circus. Oh, really? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yeah, a bear just kind of trying to balance on a big ball. Yeah, you can imagine it easily. He's, d- yeah, and he's still yeah. dangerous whether he's on the ball or off the yeah, ball. Yeah, There's a lot <laughs> and of he, and, he, and he's on both sides of it because he's trying <laughs> to stay balanced up on top. Very right? talented bear. I understand what you're talking about here. <laughs> but... Typically, I feel like his Chicago Bears-related tweets are reserved till the end of the game. Okay. Where he says either, I love football when they win, or I hate football when oh. they lose. Is this CM Punk? And this week, it was a devastating loss at the hands of the Green Bay Packers, which prompted him to say, I hate football more than I've ever hated football in my life. Yeah, I sort of heard about this. This is a big comeback game, right? Like, yeah. they haven't won a game in a whole bunch. This, this, I was at a Bears game last week. I okay. caught their preseason finale in Chicago at Soldier Field against the Buffalo Bills. Oh, yeah. Where the exact same thing happened to them in the preseason finale as what happened against the, the Packers on Sunday. Oof. They were up 20 nothing at the half in both the preseason finale and the game against uh, Green Bay. And then somehow found a way to lose. At the game that I was at, they lost 28-27. Oh. It was hilarious. The crowd was so mad. <laughs> I'm and sure. I, and I was just laughing hysterically <laughs> the entire like time. They sound like my white caps. And then this time they lost uh, a heartbreak game that Aaron Rodgers engineered an amazing comeback in after leaving the game in the first half. Yeah, I dominated my fantasy league because I have that guy, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he came back and he put together one hell of a comeback in that second half. They won 24-23. And the man who was devastated, who I think might be the author of this tweet, because I can't think of anybody else who would be tweeting uh, fastidiously about the Chicago Bears like this. Okay. I'm going to go with Seth Rollins. Justin, once again, you are wrong! It is not Seth Rollins! He's the man who loves the Bears! I thought this was a shoe-in! It is Eric Young! Eric Young? The guy loves talking fantasy Uh, sports! He does love fantasy football. (sighs) Ah. 
Yeah, so he would have been all over that. Bears look scary. Both sides. But of you know the what ball. the best tweet was? No. Uh, Ever? Yeah, my my favorite tweet from a wrestler this week. Oh yeah. Was from. Well, hang Bi- on, maybe it's in here. Was from Big E. Oh, what did he say? He, because after immediately after the Bears lost the game, <laughs> Big E was like, "Countdown to Seth Rollins' impending Chicago Bears tweet." <laughs> That's correct. And then he said, "I hate football more than I've ever hated football in my life." And then Big E quote tweeted that and was like, "It's like clockwork." <laughs> <laughs> That's great that he knows it yeah. so well. J-Mo, you're still two for three. Let's move on to tweet number four Sure, here. let's do it. Be early to love, late to judge, and let people be people at their own pace because we're all just trying to figure it out. I love you. Oh. Nice little tweet, eh? Yeah, that's very supportive and, and good stuff. Yeah, I like, I like it's the It's so vague that I don't know who. Yeah. Like, there's not a lot to go on there yeah. as far as who it could be. What it, does it help that it says... Uh, I love you where it says that. Instead of the word I, he just put an eyeball emoji. An eyeball. Yeah, so I don't know if that helps you. And you said he. Yeah, there you go. That should help you. Uh, member of the NXT roster, if you like. NXT. Yep. So this, uh, you know. I'm going to go Alistair Black. Oh, I like that. He's sort of non-judgmental, very progressive. Well, he's got the eye. Oh, yeah, on the shirt. And it's like a hand with an eye in it. That's great thinking, Justin. You are wrong. It's actually Velveteen Dream. It is Velveteen Dream. I feel like I should get a half point for knowing who it would be. No half measures. (laughs) Justin, our final tweet this week. uh, I need to let you know that because we haven't done this in a while, I didn't make them time-bound. So this tweet obviously is from a while ago as it references something that is no longer the case. But I thought it was worth reading anyway. So here we go. Sure, let's do it. I want to personally apologize to Jim Cornette. Beautiful Bobby Eaton, Loverboy Dennis Condry, Sweet Stan Lee, and all tag team purists for the B team representing and regressing the division as champions on Raw. That would be written by, I'm going to go with, Scott Dawson. Dirty Scott Dawson! Smitten the truth to powers. That is exactly how I feel, J-Mo. And you went three for five on our return episode. How, how did you feel being back in the saddle of Sunday Night Tweet? Um, it was good, yeah. You did I, well. I, I mean, I felt like I had some leads there. And I, I, I was sure my hopes were misplaced. But, like I said, I did get Velveteen Dream as soon as you told me I was wrong. So I do feel like that counts for something. It does not. Um, I got a tweet for you, though. Oh, no. Don't do this. Yeah, no one. I don't like I this. got a tweet for you. All right. Go ahead. And it, and it is from, I think, my personal favorite tweeter on all of wrestling Twitter right now. Oh, okay. Wow. And this is no longer an active member of the WWE roster. Oh, great. But at one time, he was an active member of the WWF roster, the WCW roster, and the ECW roster. Okay, that, that can only be a few guys. And okay. He, and he is responding to a tweet from Dave Lagana, okay. who now is the creator and uh, executive producer of 10 Pounds of Gold. Right. And Dave says, happy birthday, Paul Heyman. May you get a gift that brings you as much joy as this photo does for all wrestling fans. And he posts a photo (laughs) of Jim Cornette and Paul Heyman together laughing uproariously in the dressing room at OVW. Oh, that's great. And the tweeter in question responds to this post. Oh, the tweet. Okay. All right. By saying, I took this photo. Oh, wow. When Paul got to the OVW arena... They immediately went to this room for privacy, and I wanted photographic proof that they were together. So I barged in the door with camera ready and snapped this pic. Wow, okay, so part of all three locker rooms. Yes. Jeez, that's not too many guys. 
see, I, my mind immediately went to the Sandman, but y- you wouldn't, you know, he's not that verbose. Like that, that's a well-written. To me, this gentleman, one of the great storytellers in all of wrestling right now. He seems like a guy who just has a bunch of stories to tell that he wants to get off his chest, and Twitter seems like the way to do it. He's got a podcast too. I'm gonna go with Lance Storm. You are correct. Yeah, the pod. He has a podcast, right? Yeah. Is it worth listening to? I've never listened to it, but I've listened to him make podcast appearances other places. Yeah, me, that's that's yeah. mostly what I know him and for. And I think too. he's great. Yeah, he has great insight, and he sort of like cuts through bullshit. Like yeah. he, he's not that interested in politicking, which I enjoy. Yeah, I, well, there's not that many guys who worked all three locker rooms. I was right? gonna give you a hint if you needed one and say he was one of the faces of the invasion. Oh, right. Yeah, that, that would have definitely done it. Yeah. So, so there you go. And Justin, that was Sunday Night Tweet. And now we're into round number two. Round two. Fight. <laughs> Justin, this probably comes as no surprise, but as I look up the Wikipedia page for this Hell in a Cell card, wow, I am much more into the SmackDown side of this. Yeah. There is stuff on here. No. I mean, there's only three matches on the Raw side, so how excited can you be right now? That's very true. And all of them, you know, it's weird. I'm probably, like I said, that tag match I'm very excited for. But but my excitement for that would uh, pale in comparison to my excitement for AJ Styles and Samoa Joe going down on Sunday for the WWE Championship. How weird is it, Justin, before we get into the quality of this, but how weird is it that these guys are still good together? I mean, not super strange. I guess you never really lose chemistry. But, like, these guys are what, – what year is their sort of decorated match in uh, TNA? 2005, the X Division triple threat? I, I think, think it's 2005, so, yeah. Bound for Glory. The one with Christopher Daniels? That's right. Yeah, I want to say 2005 or 2006. I think it's 2005, Bound for Glory. And here we are 13 years later, and these guys are still getting it done in, in very good ways. Samoa Joe has done a, a tremendous job, and he does this in general, but, but especially in this feud of making it feel personal. Do you agree with that? Uh, yeah. I mean, we kind of talked – early on about what a weird decision it was for them to kind of do this wife thing. Yeah. But yeah, they didn't need it. Was the, sort of our Exactly. Point that they're good enough that they don't need this kind of soap opera drama, but it's, it's not, I think we were misreading it early on because it's not yes. like a soap opera. You're totally right. It about is that. just psychological mind games, trying to throw the champ off of his game so that he's distracted by family and not, thinking about defending his title. That's exactly it. And yeah. I think Joe has done a great job in that. And the commentary has also done a good job of illustrating that this is mind games. I, it hasn't stood out to me, but I'm happy that you're so much better with the commentary stuff. I'm glad Graves you picked up on Graves has been that. hammering it. That's great. And even Joe's promo, I think it was two weeks ago. But he's And the just... triple threat, by the way, Unbreakable 2005. Hey, there we go. Wrong pay-per-view I had, but right year. Yes. There we go. Um, main evented by Rhino versus... Rhino versus someone. I can't recall who it's against, but I, I know. know Rhino main events that pay-per-view. Uh, either way, JMO, I think that they've Joe's done a great job of sort of capitalizing on saying, listen, not only was I trying to get at AJ Styles, it worked. He couldn't even retain his own belt in the ring. He came after me like a rabid dog. I was mm-hmm. cool, calm, and collected in that moment, just play, watching my game play out. It's like... Joe seems like an evil mastermind here, and generally when you have that in a heel in wrestling, it's like they're also like sneaky, and you think of like Seth Rollins, right? Oh, all this smoke and mirrors. I'm the architect. Yeah. I'm smarter than these guys. Joe is also an ass kicker. Yeah, it's typically like a, a, a kind of cover for being a weasel. That's right. It's you have to almost go back to Triple H, like the cerebral assassin thing, to sort of get to like a an ass kicker who also has. And like even the mind that, players. it was like 
cool heel. That's right. Where it's like he's clearly the bad guy, but he wants to present himself as the good guy. Yeah, Joe is the bad guy. Joe here. is very much the bad guy. <laughs> Joe has no interest in being cool. It, absolutely, and it, I mean the credit Samoa Joe just stands out to me so much on this roster right now. From the really hitting a stride, you know, it's the the music and the attitude and Wendy. Like I don't know if I'm just biased. I did finish that chronicle that they had on the the network too. Great. So good. So I don't know if it's all just sort of coming together for Samoa Joe right now. I'll, I'll reveal here. I don't think he's winning on Sunday, mm-hmm. but it almost doesn't matter. I feel like this guy's your top heel on SmackDown for a while. I'll tell you what it is: mm. is that he's just had a stretch where he's been healthy. Yeah. And that's been the whole problem. Yeah. Like every time they want to like lean into him and, you know, hit the gas on a push for this guy. That's right. He seems to come down with some mystery ailment, some random injury that takes him out of the plans. This is probably the longest stretch since he's been on the main roster that he has been healthy and had the ability and possibility to have this kind of run. Well, and, and, that- and we're seeing it kind of like it's it's almost like what we've wanted to see from him for so long but keeps getting pulled away from us, That's right? right. So there is kind of a gratification in finally getting this run right now where point. they are clearly leaning into him as a top guy and giving him the push that he deserves and has deserved for a very long time. Like, yes. this is what we wanted to see from him last summer. And then after that SummerSlam four-way, he kind of, again, got like a mysterious injury and disappeared from the plans for maybe three months at a time. Well, and it's so clear to me now, and again, wrestling, you know, and all things in life, hindsight, 2020, et cetera, et cetera. But man, it is so clear clear to me now that booking him as Triple H's right-hand man was just like a terrible idea. Like, why would Joe be subservient to someone? Joe is subservient to no one. I mean, Joe is the toughest dude on the block. Not a bad way to introduce someone, though, when they are the, the heel NXT champion. But, and we know that Triple H runs NXT. Yeah, you're right. But it, he's it, the it, underboss. He's yes. the second best. Yes. You're beating Joe to get to, yes. which is what Rollins and, did. And we talked about this before, though, because after Rollins beat Triple H... He then went back to Joe, and it's like that's right. Okay, not only did we do this already, sort of. Rollins got injured before they could have the match, right? But we but did the angle, yeah. But then we're getting the henchman after you've already defeated the boss, yeah. And it just doesn't very... video game progression doesn't work like that. I've played lots of Spider Man. <laughs> trust me, you never beat Shocker and then go back and fight some thug after he's down. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Spider Man is just you know I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, Justin, let's talk a little bit about AJ Styles here. Who I do I don't want to put all the shine on Joe here because he's been a great it. It is worth something that he's willing to sort of put, not put his family up for sacrifice, but involve his family in an angle that is, you know, it is personal, and he is attacking some real things. And certainly Joe's promo about you can't be a good husband and a good champion because you're gone too much. Like, mm. Those are, you know, touching on reality, right? So and I, Also, like, I don't know how much he's hit this uh, since then. I don't know that it's really come up at all. But we talked about this after SummerSlam. I don't know if it came up on the show, but you and I talked about it personally, certainly. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know that it's because he was bleeding and that when, like, he took his daughter in his arms, she didn't want to be held by him. But that moment. And, and like, her seeing the blood and all that. Like, I, I know it's because he's bleeding and injured, and but, like, it looks like a rejection. Of, it plays like, perfectly in the story. Uh, yeah, exactly. The kid's the best worker uh, on uh, Earth. Of family pushing him away. Yeah. Which is exactly what Joe said, that you're not a good father. She barely recognizes her own father. Exactly. Like, that's what it came across as. Exactly. This is AJ so badly. He's had a bit of a slow 2018. I think that's somewhat well known. And, like, this feud for me has really reignited AJ. And Joe, they're just opponents sort of born for each other. This grounded, hefty bruiser and this, like, 
everything AJ does is so graceful in ring and like has a real sort of the reason he's like Shawn Michaels. Like mm-hmm. the every move he does looks better than when other guys do that move. Exactly. And Joe is just this perfect sort of counterbalance to that. I'm very into this feud, J-Mo. I do think AJ retains on Sunday. What do you think? Is this the blow-off, though? Is this the end of this wow. feud, or is there another gear that they can get to after this? Is Survivor Series next? Uh, I guess it's the Super Showdown. Oh, yeah. It's already announced that they're going again at Super Showdown, isn't it? So that'll be the blow-off, then. Yeah. That's so dumb. Yeah. I guess maybe you could see Joe win here, though, and AJ get it back at Super Showdown. Well, like the the reason that uh, Mike was thinking that Braun could win over Roman is that at this point, if Survivor Series is your next big card, which it is, yeah. you've still got Super Showdown, and you've got Evolution, and you've got a Saudi show that I'm not sure if they're even going to televise. Okay. Um, and then you've got Survivor Series. But if Survivor Series is the next thing, like this is your time to kind of reorient the titles to get the matchup that you want in Raw Champion versus SmackDown yeah, Champion. that's definitely and true. And, like, dude, Braun versus Joe could be... <laughs> like, sign me up for that. Yeah, you do not have to sell me on that But, match. again, like, we've already seen Roman versus AJ three times. It was great every time. I, yep. I'd be down to see it again for sure. Oh, and it's been a while. I, yeah. In fact, I would invite a return to that and match. And that was one of AJ's first feuds coming in. No. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Uh, Roman eliminates him from the Rumble, doesn't he? No, because I feel like... Or no, Owens eliminates him. He says, welcome to the WWE and dumps him. Yeah, because uh, AJ, AJ's first feud was Miz, and yeah, then Jericho, Jericho. And then when Roman was champion, I feel like Roman's first defense was a, was a three-month program against AJ. I think that's right, man. So it might be after Jericho. He yeah. goes right... I think that's right. Yeah, he loses to Jericho and then wins the number one contendership the very next night. Yeah, that's right. On the Raw afterwards. Yep. So, yeah, it's been a while. So, I'd I'd welcome that match. Uh, It's funny that you bring up Super Showdown. That makes me think you could see it go to Joe here, which he deserves. He deserves to get to hold that belt at some point. And then AJ just wins it back? Yeah, yeah. I don't know, though. If if that's what you're going to do is just, like, do a quick flip and then he gets it back, just keep it on him. Like, let him have the run. The run. Because he's already, right now... He's been the champion for longer than anyone on SmackDown post-brand split has ever had the belt. I just hope it's not now or never for Samoa Joe because he's certainly quality. He's certainly good enough to hold that belt. Yeah. Um, I just think if you have a long-term plan for what you want to do with the title, AJ and beyond, stick with it. I think that goes to Brian and Miz then. Yeah, yeah I that's, agree. That's my prediction. Jamo, it's hard to talk about the other side of this, but the New Day is going to be defending their tag team temp- championship. Let's presume against the bar here. Well, who are they? Who, who, who else could it be? I can't remember off the top of my head. It's What's been the a week final? Since, it's been a week since I watched SmackDown. You know how much wrestling I've been taking since <laughs> That's then? true. That's true. <laughs> I can tell you all about who won between the triple threat between Samoa Joe, uh, Austin Aries, and Roderick Strong in Ring of Honor 2005 right now. Yeah? Yeah, it was Roderick. Versus, and Roderick Strong versus Zack Sabre Jr. and PWG for the title. Watch that this week. Great match. Um, but I'm just... I'm feeling like a New Day renaissance right now, man. Like, I'm loving the New Day. I'm just very on board for their matches, and I'm fired up for this regardless of who it is. You you echo those sentiments? Yeah, I uh, I think we got a question coming up in the mailbag from uh, Fruits Are Edible asking us to kind of uh, take control of one of the brands and book towards WrestleMania, who you think the long-term feud would be. And you're doing them. I, I want New Day to be your champions long-term. I know that this was not the plan. Yeah. That they, they only got here right now because of injury to the Bludgeon Bros. Yep. But, you know, I would, I would you know, c- continue with this because my long-term plan for New Day would be, uh, uh, what's their name? Sanity. 
Yeah, like I want that trio versus trio matchup. That has to be where it's going. And Let, like, well, well, let's wait till we're in the question there for the future booking. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would, I would say keep it on New Day right now. But yeah, you know, whoever they're gonna face here, this is gonna be they, blindly. You could probably say this is match of the night. Like, yeah. That there's or there's a chance. You know, it's in the discussion. Exactly. Although that said, it's really gonna have to outshine Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton, <laughs> which is. We're only getting two cell matches this year. I think that's always the way. Yeah, I guess so. Last year it was New Day and uh, the Usos, and then later on Kevin Owens yeah. versus Shane McMahon. Owens and Shane. And then two the year before. I want to say there was a year where they had three on. There that was show. a year that they had three. Like that and it, stands and it out. It did in my feel mind. like too many. Yeah. The U.S. title match, which I think was Bro- Roman and Rusev, also got a cell. Yeah, match. I, that was probably the year. Uh, I don't have much to say about Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton. Uh, I'm happy when this feud is over. I don't really care. I, I think it's been good, though. It's gone for too long because Orton came back a month too early. Yeah. He did not need to be involved. He definitely didn't. In the Nakamura-Jeff Hardy feud no. at all. Like, he he overshadowed. Like, does Nakamura even have a title defense this weekend? No. Not, not, not announced. On the, yeah, not on the Wikipedia. Again, we're on SmackDown tonight. Some things may be announced, I assume. Nakamura is going to be amongst them, but but who knows? Jamie, we've got to touch on uh, the mixed tag match. Uh, Miz and Maurice taking on Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella. It's going to be fun. Yeah. I Well, yeah. I like now, you know, I know that the John Cena-Miz match at WrestleMania that was a mixed tag was basically a glorified squash. Yeah, just an angle. Really. But I had a good time with it. Yeah. I thought it was really fun. I, I think Brie works so much better in this, not to make a Brie mode pun, but this mode. Yeah. Versus this mode. Versus like the the Bella Twins shit that she's doing on Raw. Oh, yeah. That's it's bizarre that Nikki and Brie are like John Cena and that they get to, can jump from brand to brand as they wish all willy-nilly. I know we don't have the time, but I mean, what is that? Yeah. But, you know, having said that, uh, it, it, she's she's a lot better when she is like the the fighting wife trying to stick up for her husband. Yep. That's a character. Absolutely. Versus like a plastic Barbie doll Bella twin. Well, not only that, like the crowd is so much more with her when she has Brian in her side. Like they like that pairing. They've maybe watched uh, Total Divas and they've seen, like they like those two, especially against Miz and Maurice. And, and again, we talked about this on the, the show last week, but Maurice is just, Maurice is one of the best valets ever. I genuinely believe that. Like, oh, like Miz she's... is so much better when he has her. And that's not to slight Miz. I thought Miz, of course, has had a great year, but, but Maurice being back has done so much to get me into this. That said, every moment Brie Bella's wrestling Maurice in the match is probably not something that's going to hold my attention much. Uh, who do you think is winning this, JMO? Uh, I could see, I could see the baby faces winning here, but it being Brie who like beats Maurice. Because I still, I feel like you need some one-upsmanship. Like you can't just have Miz running away with this feud, right? But to have it be. The finish comes with the women, so there's still no conclusive completion with the men, I think, is the way to do it. Here. I like your way because it, it get you could still like advance the feud. They're one in one, but still Daniel Bryan hasn't punched Miz in the face, quote-unquote. Yes. That said, I do think Daniel Bryan isn't going to go in here. I think that the, the heels will pull it out here, Miz and Maurice. Okay. It's the bar versus Rusev day also. So we oh, could get okay. Rusev day versus n- uh, New Fully day into that too. Big E versus Rusev. I saw that at a house show years ago, and it was awesome. The, yeah. the belly-to-belly Big E hits on a guy the size of Rusev looks incredible. But I think... We both agree that it would make more sense for the bar 
at this yes. point. Yeah. Well, I'm just very excited to have the bar back. So, yeah, yeah I, I definitely agree. Yeah. It's one of those things, too, where it's like New Day when they first came to SmackDown, right? Like, the fact that they've been off TV for such a long time makes them feel fresh again. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Um, it does wonders, man. It's going to do wonders for Sami Zayn. It did wonders for Dean Ambrose. Yeah. Like, but, but having said that it makes more sense for the bar to win here. Yeah. I think probably means it's going to be Rusev Day. Just because they're clearer heels? <laughs> well, no, because every time you and I are like, well, <laughs> obviously this is going to happen, it, it blows up happen. in our face. J-Mo, as we close out the round, we have to talk about uh, the interesting alignments that are partaking as the women's championship on SmackDown's up for grabs as Charlotte oh, yeah. Flair and Becky Lynch are going at it. Weirdness, man. But it's been good. Oh, They've stumbled sure. into something terrific. This here. feels like a feud that should not end here at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you could almost run this to mania. You I could feel like especially you'd, you'd if have to introduce some wrinkles. You'd have to have like a well Survivor a, Series a five way along the way. Well, or no, the Survivor you know? Series four v four. Oh yeah, that that can eat up some some time <laughs> during it. Uh, so I'm actually pretty interested in this match. I think that this Becky hasn't gotten to have like a blow away singles match in a while. I think her and Charlotte could probably do that. I've seen them do it before. Pretty excited for this match, and I, I hope that we. I think it stays on Charlotte, but I hope this becomes like a Daniel Bryan Mania 30 thing where it's like the the momentum for Becky to win. I'm not saying it's going to be as big as Bryan, but that this support that you can feel for Becky just swells. You know, I'd like to see that. But you know, like they. They had her as a Daniel Bryan type baby face. Yeah. Like somebody that was so clearly a white meat face that the crowd was so behind. And in trying to turn her. She became Austin. Yeah. They've made her into a stone cold baby face, yeah. which is Doper. <laughs> even more elusive and hard to find yeah. than somebody who like fits that Bryan mold. Yeah, which ask is Roman Reigns which is about that. Also <laughs> difficult to find. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, like They've stumbled into something even better by making it a colossal mistake. Yes. But kudos to them for course correcting also. Yeah. I, because I'm, there was, you know, <laughs> I think we had every reason to believe, even when crowds refused to boo Becky, that this is a company who was as stubborn as can be when it comes to this sort of thing. I know the, the round is over, but I just want to say Carmella's title reign was bad and it is aging poorly. Like I am so happy to be on the other side of it and be able to look forward to a women's match on the SmackDown side. Yeah. You know what? Like I know that the number one thing that they've valued in women's wrestling, it seems like this year in particular has been mic work. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only reason that you can say like, Oh, if we look at both of the divisions, then it's clear that our top stars are Alexa and Carmella. Right. The only way that's possible is if you value mic work above everything else. You're right. It's hurt the division a lot. And I am excited to have a match here between two women, which I think, you know, outside of the fact that we also have Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles on this show, this should be your match of the night. Yeah, I agree there, Jamie. Who, who do you have winning, though? I think Charlotte retains, but I think this all, I mean, hopefully leads to, like, Becky getting it in the moment. But yeah. I think it's too early. Yeah, coronate Becky at WrestleMania. Yeah, that's that's mostly how I feel. Jamie, you want to jump into the mailbag for a minute sure, here? Sure, let's do it. Why not? First question this week comes to us from Patrick Duffy. Is Patrick Duffy, I don't understand that reference. Me neither. Okay. Uh, I thought it was a sports thing. Nope. At Book of Lube. I think Patrick Duffy is an actor, I'm pretty sure. Oh, Pat Duff? 
I have no idea. Which wrestler from any era would have most likely prevented 9-11 from happening? Of course, today, Tuesday, uh, September 11th, the, I think somebody said 17th anniversary. Yeah, that was uh, President Donald Trump who said, 17 years since September 11th, exclamation mark. Well, I have nothing good to say about that guy. Do, do you Do you remember like where you were? I do. Some, yeah, me too, man. I do. This is a weird one because it... 9-11 falls on a Tuesday this year, which is what it was in t- 2011. All right. Well, or 2001, rather. Yeah. Uh, I woke up that morning. I've done I've done this. Uh, I've talked about it on Real Good before. And okay. I've turned it into a stand-up bit also. All right. That uh, the morning of, uh, my dad came into my bedroom as a child. I was sleeping. And he shook me awake and told me that uh, uh, someone had just flown a plane into... The, the, the World, World Trade, Trade Centers. Center, yeah. uh, like, he was glued to the news and was basically telling me to wake up and come watch TV with him. That's great. Uh, but he came in and he woke me up. He said, somebody's just flown a plane into the World Trade Center. And my first words as I, like, groggily woke up that morning was, what a dumb pilot. <laughs> I had no conception. Yeah, he thought it was. An, I think a lot of us. The early news coverage was like, "Oh, was this Some, like this an is accident?" Clearly, a, a huge mistake. Yeah, I was. I was in uh, a calm wreck. It's like a special, like extra gym in yeah. high school, and so we're at the swimming pool. And it like happened in the morning before I went to school. Yeah, it did. It took. It went down at about. I want to say seven a.m. Yeah, but I remember we were like in the pool, and they were like. Uh, if any of you want to go or home, like six thirty-five or so. Yeah, 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 whatever it was, I remember because my my mom, I remember she dropped me off at school that day and was sort of like, "Oh yeah, this had happened." There's not all that much information. I didn't really think that much of it. I was just sort of like, "Oh, crazy!" Like I like I thought it was an accident, but then I remember them being like, "Yeah, you guys can like go home if you want." I got in a fight that day at school. Wow, you weren't the only one because uh, because I was I was stone cold wadding someone so much that he punched me in the face. <laughs> yeah, some some kid. <laughs> Some kid in my high school uh, who was like a year younger than me was like just talking shit, and, oh. I, and I was just like, "What? Oh man! What? I just said what in his face over and, and over again you. until Did you hit him back. I hit him back. Yeah. Good for you. And we went to the office, and the office was like, "Guys, come on! Yeah, it's nine yeah. <laughs> eleven. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. On the day, they're it's, like, I mean, the, it was the, it's the perfect day to get in trouble at school, also." Because even school doesn't give a shit about the trouble you're in. Right, Like, yeah. the whole office is just, like, glued, glued to yeah. news coverage, trying to figure out what's going on, what's happening. So, was, so I just sat in the office for a bit, and the office ladies were like, uh, yeah, th- this is what they're saying on the news right now. I'm like, oh, so the fact that I just punched that kid is totally fine? No, it's way better than terrorism. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> so, JMO, in this question, are we uh, sort of saying they're on the plane? Is uh, that what's going yeah, on here? Yeah, or... Or they're like uh, in the airport preventing okay. uh, the terrorists. But in some way, it's like a plane. physical thing. Yeah, it's, yeah. Not it's, it's the same thing as like Mark Wahlberg famously yeah. said that he, <laughs> if he idiot. was on the plane, 9-11 never would have happened. Yeah, well, that's great. No one I would rather have than an actor <laughs> on former hip-hop star Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of tough to get around Brock Lesnar in this question, isn't it? Um, He's like very, you know, you feel like he does not – like terrorists at all you feel like he could probably do something about it physically i think maybe brock lesnar who, who's your lean here uh you know what i'm gonna go with the only men who could defend the twin towers who's that oh <laughs> are the twin towers <laughs> big boss the man twin towers look out for themselves yes <laughs> well you know take uh. your pick big boss man one man gang or lex luger and barry windham 
Oh, Both really? tag teams in the same era who went by the Twin Towers. I didn't know that. But because of his policeman gimmick, and of course one man gang also just being a one man gang. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say that yes, that that particular version of the Twin Towers, Boss Man would just like crack some heads with the nightstick. He'd make some arrests. Nine <laughs> Eleven doesn't happen. I love it. And one man gang is just kind of there. He's not one man gang's like throwing them in the back of the police car. Can, can I say something that's kind of... The boss man's doing all the work. This is kind of revealing about how my brain works, sure. I think. So I watch a lot of MMA. Yeah. And I was sort of picturing Brock Lesnar stopping 9-11. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, when he rushes the terrorist, he doesn't, like, take them down and ground and pound them. He hits an F5 on the plane. Okay, so, okay. So uh, good to know Brock's still doing his thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, gl- I, I'm glad I told that fight story. I don't think I've ever told that story anywhere before. Now it's out there. Thank yeah. you for saving us content. Yeah, and, you know, funny funny line you had there. Which one? Come on, guys. <laughs> it's 9-11. <laughs> hey, broken clock's right twice a day. Yeah, maybe, a I'll, maybe I'll turn that into stand-up. Well, hey, next. you're welcome yeah. to it. Jay Moore, next question this week comes to us from Danger Boy. At Danger Boy, 69, 420. All funny numbers. numbers. This is this kind of interesting question because I feel like we get questions like this with no – with it's like, who's your favorite? But this question is – who are your two favorite luchadors in wrestling history? Two. Both. <laughs> One and two. Isn't that? <laughs> okay, well, Rey Mysterio has to be. It wouldn't be in mine, but yeah. Really? No, no. No. No, but but I like Rey Mysterio a lot. How is he not one of the great luchadors? Because I never had like a moment where Rey was like my favorite wrestler. Yeah, he kind of rises to prominence after I check out, and he's fallen from prominence yeah. as I come back in also. I always like him, never love him. Yeah, that's uh, probably true also for so, me, but again, just the consistency. Yes. Oh, He's probably the best one that I've been exposed to. But at favorite invokes, like, who did you love? And there haven't been too many luchadors that I'm that into. That's true. Me I'd neither. Shoot me for recency bias, but Andrade Cien Almas is, is certainly one of my two favorite luchadors ever. I mean... He's one of my favorite wrestlers on the current roster. I mean, he's not a luchador anymore. Does he not count? He's still a luchador. Yeah! An unmasked luchador is still a luchador. Is he? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I guess that's true. He wrestles a Lucha Libre style, not as much in WWE. Yeah, you know what? I I just I remember hearing about him before he signed. Yeah, for sure. La Sombra. He was like the talk of the indies. La Sombra, every match he had would be like Oh yeah. People talking it up huge. Well, and Los Ingobernables. Yeah, like yeah. he he is he is a good core guy of like the the post 2015 yeah, wrestling you world. Know what? He is one of my favorite wrestlers going right now, so I'd have a hard time not picking him too. Is there one that you could say you distinctly have loved more than Andrade at any point in time? No, not really. Yeah, so it's Cuz like I never was into like the Mexican scene. Yeah. Cuz I feel like that was more prominent in WCW and I was never really a well, WCW Or even ECW, guy. right? Like yeah. Psychosis and Super Crazy, but Yeah, yeah. Super Crazy is pretty awesome. It's dope. Yeah. So is Psychosis. Yeah. Uh, but but my answers for, for one and two are Andrade Cien Almas and La Parca. Ooh, La Parca is a great choice. He's so funny. Yeah. The, the, the chair playing and, like, the dance. Do you remember when he was doing that spot for a while where guys would go for a crossbody on him? He'd catch them and then do the walk with them. Mm-hmm. So funny. So awesome. Absolutely. So I'll say those two, but I understand that putting La Parca over Rey Mysterio seems insane, but, but that is who my two favorite luchadors are. Uh, I'm going to go one and two. Uh... Uh, I don't even remember what their names were. That's okay. Uno and Dos, I think. That you're just counting in Spanish. Los Conquistadores. Oh! Edge and Christian. No. 
<laughs> I'm not. They're not my favorite luchadors ever. But I did love the Los Luchadors. Yeah, like, man. Little gimmick run there. Yeah, for yeah. A time. It was super fun. It was super fun. Yeah, the Hardys were in that too. That was great times in the uh, in the history of tag team wrestling. For sure. Uh huh. No, I guess I will. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Rey Mysterio, and then my second guy. Yeah, Andrade has to be up there, though. Is it okay for like uh, if I were to pick like Bushi? If a Ooh. Japanese wrestler wears a mask, are they a luchador? I'm going to say no, they're not, but that's just me assuming. Okay. I, I don't think all masked wrestlers are luchadors. I think they have to be Mexican, but I don't know. I, that, I could be wrong about that. Okay. Um, yeah. it, would Bushi be there? I don't know. Maybe. Really? I'm not, I, mean, I never really had an affinity for masked guys. Yeah, really. I know what you mean. You know? Does Generico count? Uh, I feel like he doesn't. Yeah, right? I mean, if you're gonna count, if you're gonna count Andrade, shouldn't Generico count? No, because unmasked now. Andrade is Mexican. Yeah, okay, so it has to be a Mexican. Guy. I don't know. That's just how I, I think it is. But okay. I don't know if that's true. Then you're yeah. I'll go Rey Mysterio number one, and then two. I will agree with you, Andrade Cienfuegos. I love it. Jamar, our next question this week comes to us from a former guest on the show, the Will Macklin Show. Oh, Will Macklin. Will Macklin. Will Macklin. I love it. And he asks, what are you most excited about uh, Excited about in the post-Brock Lesnar era in WWE? Uh, I've talked about this before. Just, yeah. just getting to see Roman work against small guys. Yep. And I think that's the mistake in turning Braun, is to yeah, have like continue this good. Roman yep. Braun thing. I'm done. I don't want to see Br- Roman working against... Big burly men anymore. We've yep. done that for fucking two years now. Forever, if you want to include Undertaker like, too. That's like, why that Finn match on TV was such a breath of fresh air. It's like, oh yeah, Roman actually is a really good wrestler when he's working against someone who he can actually do power moves against. Absolutely, yeah. And, and like, give me that. Give me, give me like Roman versus Seth Rollins. Like, yes, give me, always. Give me Roman versus Dean. Like. I, you know, like all of the guys what that about he's smaller? partnered with. Give me Roman and Chad Gable. Oh, hell yeah. Give me Roman and Andrade Cien Almas. Oh, I mean, all of these rules. Yeah, right? give, so. me, give me Roman and, and Johnny Gargano. Give me Roman and like any, any number of guys, you know? I hope this isn't biting your answer, but my, mine is just this. This idea that at the top of the card, there's multiple people who could be champion. Yes. Where it's like, it is obviously most likely that it's going to be on Roman. Yeah. But when it was on Brock, it's like, okay, it no can, one's taking can, off Brock until X. It's a heavyweight division of two, maybe three people. I've exactly. Multiple times before. Yeah. So, so having the, that's why I'm And like, that's like the appeal of the Attitude Era. That's like right. There's eight guys at any time who can be champion. Angle, Kane, Taker, Austin, exactly. Rock. It's like, these guys can all be holding the belt. Yeah, fuck, give me Roman versus Dolph even. There's, there's almost no combination besides Brock and Braun that I don't want to see Roman wrestle. Exactly. Although I do think Roman and Braun could probably get it. Roman and Drew, that. though, I know that goes against what I said because Drew is a big guy. Yeah. But it's going to be good. I think I think there is something there. I, remains to be seen. Yeah. I, all of my favorite McIntyre matches are against smaller guys. That's true. Like him and Ono isn't that good. Him and Lars isn't that good. But him and, uh, him and Rude isn't that good. Rude's him and Rude was really good, though. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you just have a distaste for like the entire Rude Champ run. I definitely do. Yeah. That would definitely be true to but say. But like, I think I think we we got into this on Twitter a little bit thanks to Aaron Schultz last week. Which one? When you were when you were asking who was like the best NXT champ, and Aaron said Bobby Rude. Yeah. And you're like, he's the worst. Man. Well, I didn't think he was the worst, but yeah. But was... like, there's some great stuff from that Bobby Rude NXT run. Bobby Rude and Ty Dillinger's feud was outstanding. I should probably revisit. I think I said that on Twitter too cuz I more just think of it as like the I'm thinking of like McIntyre and Nakamura. Yeah. And like those are 
I like the McIntyre one. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like the for me, the peak of Bobby Roode and NXT is the Dillinger feud, and that comes out of uh, they were tagging yeah. together in the Dusty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, JMO, our next question. I'm going to be honest. I said as much on Twitter. I, I I don't I don't know how to answer it, but I'm I'm going to hope that you understand. And it okay. comes to us from Jess Lorman, Jess Crap at Jess Lorman. Mm-hmm. Just what is the airspeed velocity of a swallow laden with Seth Rollins? African or European? I don't know. Well, I guess. Okay, uh, European. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> European. Yeah, well, that's the end of that question. That's the okay. Yeah, uh, that Little Monty Python reference there. Oh, is that what it is? Yes. Okay. Well, there you go. I, I was gonna say like six. Okay. Is the velocity all right? That's a little callback to earlier when I when you did the number crunch. Yeah, there you remember? Yeah, yeah you, when you were the accountant. Yeah, I you know edit this out, but I didn't actually turn on the phone. I, I noticed just, that yeah, actually. I, just, you know, I knew I all along. Said the number six. I said that you'd done that, and you were like, nope, I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, because you were trying to break kayfabe. I'm oh, trying okay. to protect the business. Okay, so well, I'll all this out. Yeah, thank you. You don't appreciate No problem. Yeah, of course. So that's a thing when someone said it's like on Reddit. It's like what time does the narwhal bake? No, it's a midnight? it's a question that is asked uh, uh, when they're trying to cross the bridge. You must answer me these questions three. Okay, and the and the person answers with and says, "What is the uh, wing speed velocity of the well, something swallow?" Blah blah blah. Okay, and then African or European swallow. The guy says, "I don't know," and he's immediately launched to his death. Oh well, yeah. job well done for yeah. getting well, it. Well, you died. Uh, I'm alive because yeah, you didn't know. I did. Was I African said or European. No, I said you six. asked the questions. I said six. You answered me these <laughs> questions three. <laughs> Shame our next question this week comes to us from Tranquilo Pacheco. At Blair Pacheco. <laughs> There's a funny one. Who else should Drake Maverick manage just so he can dress up like them? Drake Maverick? Yeah, so like uh So who's funny to see him dress as? You know, the man doesn't need a manager. No. But when he came up to the main roster, it would be great if Drake was also managing Velveteen Dream. Oh, oh, that that would like, be an interesting pairing, like very flamboyantly yeah, like dressed. White dream. I I want to see Drake Maverick in a suit made out of like the material of New Day, like the pink and blue latex. Okay. Like very, because he wears loud suits on Two Hundred Five Live. He does. It's like these bright colors. So I'll that was always the this thing day. on uh, TNA, right? That's right. Yeah, as Rockstar. Yeah. yeah, he would always get like. Uh, there's a website. I can't remember what it is, but I've seen it before. Where, like, Rockstar would obviously order all of his suits from. Really? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I do just a friendly reminder here. You should definitely go watch the EC3 versus uh, Rockstar Spud hair versus hair match. It's on the TNA YouTube channel. It's my match of the year for, I think, 2015. That whole really good stuff. Worth watching. Rockstar Spud is dope. I'm glad, man. man. Him and Leo Rush both. Like, put them on Raw. Give them... Like, Leo Rush is managing Bobby Roode now. That was a big takeaway from last year. Yeah. Time. Interesting. It's good. Yeah. The guy's got personality. They're clearly treating him like, you know, uh, a kind of Kevin Hart figure. Yeah. Just this, like, like, small, fast-talking, loud-mouth, black comic presence, basically. Yeah. But doing good. But, yeah. I mean, what's the number one problem with um, Bobby Lashley? Did I say Bobby Roode You did, but... Yeah. Bobby uh, Lashley. Yeah. Uh, the number one problem with Lashley... He sucks. He sucks on the mic. He's got no personality. He's so lame. He's just so lame. He was bad. He was good in Impact, though, right? He was. He was an overachieving heel, and I'm as guilty as this as everybody. I hmm. think he had a pretty bad time 
when no one was watching. And then when it sort of had that small renaissance and you and I jumped in and we saw him do EC3 in the video package before that and then two Del Rios right after that, yeah. all of that was, was good. good. And so. the mic time and the video promos and stuff was also good. Maybe he's more comfortable as a heel, which is bizarre to imagine, but yeah. it must be the case. Jamo, I mentioned him already on the show. Uh, this next question comes to us from my pal, Old Tiles. Old at, Tiles wrote in. Yeah, he started listening to the show. Oh, hell yeah. I can stop just, like, bringing him up. Yeah, I mean, we only talk about him all the fucking time. <laughs> Old Tiles. Old Tiles. <laughs> but he asked the question this week, and uh, he asks, do you want to see more women's titles so they can develop into more storylines, i.e. women's tag team, IC, US, etc.? I mean, that seems to be where we're going, right? Like yeah. That seems to be the long-term plan for Sasha and Bayley right now is for them to be the inaugural women's tag champs. It, it seems almost inevitable that at Evolution they will introduce a new belt, don't you think? And then that, what, bounces back and forth between shows? I think that's the most fun way to do it. I think now, they right. don't do it with any other belt, so I don't know. But why shouldn't they? Why shouldn't a champ? Oh, you'll remember when, when they it's like they combine the titles. I always mm. thought the Universal Champ or the WWE Yeah, title, we talked about this back yeah, at the time. Champ yeah. goes to both shows. Tough, you know. And you that's just alternate life. back and forth between which show gets the challenger. Yeah, that's, that's so, really. So basically, every month you have a tag match on both sides. One of them is the title match where the champ faces the, you know, the challenger from one show, yep. and the other tag match is the number one contendership match from the best two teams on the other show. Exactly right. Picking who will defend or get the shot next month. Well, and not only that, and again, I'm sorry to be a broken record sometimes, but then you get important matches mm -hmm. on TV. Yeah. Like, these pay-per-views don't need to be six hours. You can have number one contendership for the title. Yeah. You can see the results of this on pay-per-view. They're going on to fight the champ, but you turn on on Tuesday, and you're going to see these people. It's like... but And also, like, how many women's tag teams are there right now? That you there actually do. are a number of different you factions could do it. right now. Especially post May Young. Yeah. You're going to have an influx of people. That's you could do true. a May Young invasion. you got, angle. like, <laughs> the Iconics on the SmackDown side. Yep. You've got, uh, you know, a couple R of trios Riot right Squad. now. Riot Squad, but also, like, Alexa and, oh, yeah. and Mickey and, and Alicia is a part of that trio yep. right now. Like, you could do, like, Alexa and Mickey. That's a perfect p place for Alexa to go because, look, she's not going to win this rematch. Yeah, I'm almost wondering if that's the match at Evolution now that you're saying it. It's Alexa like and Mickey versus... Like a six-woman. Alexa, Mickey, and Alicia. Oh, introduce a trios title then? Not even a title, but just, like, that's the match on Evolution is a, a six-woman. Uh, you might be right. Because I don't know why else they've put Alicia Fox on TV. Yeah. But I'm not that just, she's doing poorly. They but. just keep having her wear, like, Admiral's hats It's very stuff, interesting. Yeah. yeah, poor Kyrie Sane. Her hat collection is... You teased this one earlier, J-Mo. It's uh, Fruits Are Edible, at Fruits Are Edible, the brewmaster. Yeah. And he asks, each of you is given creative control for either Raw or SmackDown. Which show do you choose, and what are a few of your major booking decisions and storylines that get you to WrestleMania? SmackDown. No, sorry, one sec. No NXT call-ups allowed. Which, Smack, is no, which is why I choose SmackDown. Kay. It has the more interesting roster right now. Thanks because for giving me Raw. I would have to pick Raw. I mean, you can pick SmackDown, too. Okay, do your thing, yeah. Because, like, look, there's the only way to make Raw interesting, I think, long-term towards WrestleMania is to add someone like a... You know, undisputed era or something like that. Right. Th throw an injection of something of something into that mix to change it up. Uh, not that there aren't pieces in place there to do something interesting long term. Because honestly, do I think undisputed era get called up before Mania? Probably not. Yeah. Um, but the team or the side that has the more kind of robust roster that you can do cooler things with, I think, yep. is SmackDown. My WrestleMania tag title program, which I wouldn't rush into by any stretch right now, but I would start teasing out tension a little bit and have them just 
run roughshod over the rest of the division would be Sanity versus New Day. So have Sanity work a program against, like, Gallows and Anderson. Love it. And then against, like, the Colognes. But look stronger. Yeah. Like, let Dane really run roughshod on these dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, establish Alexander Wolfe. Let Eric Young get some mic time. Yeah, or just let him do that back body drop as many times as he wants. Yeah, yeah. Incredible. Yeah, but, like, I I think your tag team, ultimately, if you're going to challenge. Now, it's going to be a trio's face-off. Sure. Technically, you can go any direction with it, but I think the match that we would want to see is probably Biggie and Kofi against Wolf and Dane. Dane, yep, totally um, agree. And then Eric Young is the like, the veteran of, leader, but Exa- he's the Xavier. He's the mouthpiece. He's yep. the guy who talks the most. I love this. So that's my tag program for Mania for I sure. Love which it. and we get there over time by building up Sanity by letting them have matches. Perfect. I love uh, it. I, my my main event like. Title program. Okay, this is your only other one. Would be Miz versus Daniel Bryan. Yeah. I would carry that right all the way through Mania. Perfect. Like we said, you know, I th- I mentioned last week that all the talk is that The Rock is going to come back and win the Rumble. I I really don't think that that's the right move because <laughs> the perfect... <laughs> Me neither. The perfect play is to have Miz win the title and Bryan win the Rumble. We all want to see Daniel Bryan win a Royal Rumble. Yep. We've wanted it. For five fucking years, at least. This is so weird, JMO, but like, I never considered that. Yeah. yeah. We've never seen him win the Rumble. So give it to us. Yeah. This is the moment that we have been clamoring for forever. And they kind of gave us a consolation prize at Greatest Royal Rumble by having him be the longest entrant in any Rumble ever. It's not the same. It's not what we want. We want a win. I, that's, yeah, and when I love he, it. And so when is you going to have a better time to do this? Then right now, have Miz Literally never. beat AJ, become the SmackDown champion, let him be the top heel star that he actually is now, that he was portrayed to be 10 years ago but wasn't, yep. and genuinely is at this time in his career. Make him the champion, have Daniel Bryan take it off of him at WrestleMania. That's the story we all want to see in your U.S. title program is AJ Styles versus Andrade Cien Almas. Who could possibly complain about that? I, I love it. Um, I, I only thought of one for this, okay. uh, for booking, but but here is mine. So you have Roman Reigns defend uh, against Braun Strowman on Sunday. Uh, he leaves in victory. You go through a couple other feuds that he can blow through. You can McIntyre, whoever it is, but he is he's standing tall at the end of Survivor Series in his match, okay? Mm-hmm. Shield comes out to celebrate. They were maybe standing ringside. But in this match, and you can p- slot in an opponent for Roman here, okay? Shield is ringside. And this opponent is getting the better of Roman Reigns, looking really good. You can pick somebody on Raw here. It doesn't really matter who. But somebody's getting in a lot of offense against Reigns. The Shield, Dean and Seth, run in and help Roman cheat to win. Okay? And we turn the whole Shield heel? No. Roman Reigns stands up after getting the pin, looks at them, and is like, in a prideful way, what the hell, you guys? I didn't need that. You know I don't need that. I am the shield. You think you sort guys of, can help me? Sort of me? like what Luke Harper reacted That's exactly to when it. Rowan did it. Exactly right. You think I need you? I don't need you. I've never needed you. Look where I've been since the shield broke up. Look where you've been. I've headlined WrestleMania. I have been the guy. This is my yard. And he smokes Seth Rollins. Boom. Crushes out a weapon, maybe these dumb axe handles they're using now. Yeah. Roman has broken up the shield and has turned heel. 
Dean, much like last time, is reeling up against the ropes, not really taking into account what's going on. And Roman points him in the face and says, you know this is true. Dean stares him in the eyes and does nothing. He helps Rollins up, hits Rollins with the dirty deeds. He's done with the shield. He's done on being turned on. He is now the lone wolf. He is fed up. Who can he trust? There is no one. So now what you've done is you have lone wolf heel Dean, something we've all wanted to see. You have the most baby-faced version of Seth Rollins you can possibly get. betrayed by both guys. Betrayed by both, and people are already dying to love Seth Rollins. You saw it before they rejoined the Shield. And you've got your tweener, Roman Reigns, who, uh, who betrayed his friends, but to do the right thing. Exactly. So you have Roman in the role where he belongs. You have all, Seth in the role Everybody he in the correct alignment. And the three of them are your headliners for Roman's belt at WrestleMania. I mean, that's what the main event of WrestleMania should be this year anyways. That's and that's how I get. Yeah, that. we're like fuck Rock and Roman when we could have a Shield triple threat. <laughs> like that's what this should be come leading on. towards. Come on. Yeah. Like come and we, on. And we've talked about this before. Oh, I'm sure. That like that's what the main event should be. Yeah. Like I don't I don't want to see a, a fucking part-timer come back even if it is The Rock who granted I do miss, you sure. know? It is. It was nice when we would get the annual rock match. We haven't gotten it in like five years. Yeah, I don't care. But I don't want him in the main event, crowding out Seth and Dean. No, I. I mean, not at all. For, yeah, for me at least. That's the mania problem every year. The, yeah, and that's probably why it is going to be rock. But yeah, at fun. least we've given how we would get there. Yeah. This is a fun question to follow that one up with, though, JMO, as it comes to us from your Chicago friend at Torque Penderloin Horse Massacre. And he asks, has there ever been this big of a gulf between Raw and SmackDown? Raw has, like, four heels. D- has yeah. there ever been as big of a disparity in quality and sort of alignment between the two shows? I'm going to say yes. Like, the true SmackDown 6 era mm-hmm. and even the beginning of the brand split SmackDown. SmackDown was throttling Raw by a bigger gap than I think it is right now. Yeah, I mean, I went to Andrew's house last Tuesday. Yeah. And he invited me over. He's like, I'm going to watch the Cubs game and SmackDown. You should come on over. Yeah. And then I was getting drunk at Harry Carey's restaurant. Wow. And, and I got to his house and he was like, oh, I watched SmackDown already. It was great. And I was sad. I yeah. was actually upset. To miss SmackDown. That, that I missed it. That he watched it without me. Yep. And that is a sign that they are doing something right with their television because I tried to watch Raw while I was in Chicago last week and I made it through the first hour and I passed out and I did not regret not watching the rest of it. Yeah, that tells you the whole tale right there. So to, to answer his question, I would say, yes, a bigger golf has existed, but we're definitely in that zone. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's not even like Raw hasn't been worse than SmackDown at any other point in the brand split. Of course. I think in the immediate aftermath of the brand split, SmackDown was significantly better Leagues than better. too. Leagues better. Is the gulf bigger now than it was then? No, not to me. I'd say yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. The top of Raw is interesting right now because to me. yeah, that's true. But like, I would think say of like Roman Sheamus when, against. But, but like when SmackDown was doing well at that point, it was making the best of the collection that it had. Right now, the actual breadth of its roster is insane. Yeah. And we're getting the dream feuds. We're getting AJ and Joe. Yeah. We're getting Miz and Brian. Dude, Miz and Brian was what was making SmackDown good at that time, and it was a match we thought we'd <laughs> never get to see. That's <laughs> true. So I do think it's better now yeah. than it was then. You might be right, man. I'd have to think on it more, but you may, maybe the but answer yeah, you're is... right. Like SmackDown Six era is probably. I don't. know. Maybe the answer. I don't know. I because you know your memory gets so foggy for things that long ago. But I remember like 
Raw was utterly worth missing then, and SmackDown mm-hmm. was must-watch. Well, SmackDown maybe. 6 era, didn't it beat Raw in the ratings a yeah, couple times? Yeah, that's when they pulled Heyman. Yeah. Like, it beat it three weeks in a row. They're like, oh, that's enough of Paul Heyman in SmackDown. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't, you know, that's not happening now on a ratings perspective, I don't think. No. But it no. could, and it should. It, it just should doesn't. be. Yeah. Jay Moore, final question this week comes to us from your uh, co-host over there on Real Good Show. Well, I thought I sent in a question. Yeah, we are not doing your question. Well, why not? I want It's for you specifically. Yeah, but we're running short on time. Are we? Yeah, we are. All right. Fine. We got to go. Not yeah, to pull back the yeah, curtain, but true. we're going to go eat dinner it's here true. shortly. It's true. We are. <laughs> so fine. You can ask me the question right now. I didn't even pull it. What's really? the question? The question is, where does this current run rank in the grand scheme of Dolph Ziggler's career? Uh, it would be one of the better moments, right? I'd say second behind his behind kind of money, money in the, the bank, bank yeah. and champ run there. Um, yeah, maybe. Because he's, you know, <laughs> I he's mean, involved. like Andrew said, there's only like four heels. Yeah. Which is a problem. He's definitely at the top. But he's one of them. He's, he's like maybe heel number two behind Braun right now. That's crazy. Yeah, that might be true. Yeah, that's And nuts. he's been good. So our, our final question comes to us from uh, John Collin. Uh, you wouldn't say he's been good, but. The look he gave me, folks, he knew. He knows Dolph Ziggler's good. <laughs> Colin the comic. He won't even refute it right now. That's how you know it's true. Colin the comic. What did he say? If the two of you were wrestlers, how would you dress yourselves only using pieces of clothing that have been worn by wrestlers of four? You can only choose three things. You may have pieces you wear only for your entrance, i.e. Undertaker's hat. Okay. I got. This is in the pantheon of great questions. I love it. This is, this is a great I question. I feel like we're both going to pick the same item of clothing here. Okay. You go, you go one, then I do one like a draft system. Okay. okay. And I go first? All right. I think we both know what the first overall pick is. What's yours? It's a stone cold vest. Yeah, of course. How can like, not be. Yeah. All right. So you get. Dude, you see people wearing it at shows. Of course. Like it was a. It was a thunderstorm. It was crazy lightning <laughs> monsoon torrential downpour after all in. Yeah. And there's like multiple guys just walking around shirtless wearing a stone cold vest. Dude, I like, almost bought it in Japan. God, they're so cool. It's so rad. Yeah. It's it's n- all right. So you have that. Mm. Okay. I'll go uh, Macho Man's jacket. Okay. Like the one of the. I mean, really any of them, but the one that has him on the back. It's white, and then it has. I want to say like pink, lime green, and yellow. Um, what are those called? The little strands. Streamers. Stream or what? Fringe. Fringes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'll go the Macho Man jacket. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Sonata's mask. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Although on you, the beard coming out under is maybe yeah, not yeah. as good. No, but. it's good, bud. <laughs> it's good. I'd put like wax in my beard to point it. Oh. So it'd be the opposite of how Sonata has the like mohawk up top. Yeah. I'd have like a mohawk beard, <laughs> like a beard coming beard at the hawk. bottom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. I think that's actually pretty good. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with uh, Bret Hart sunglasses. Uh, they they feel uh, extremely iconic. They fit in with sort of the macho aesthetic I'm going with because he also wore the glasses. Mm-hmm. But I like Bret's better and the handing off. So I'll go Bret Hart sunglasses. Now I need someone's pants. Who's got? Yeah, who's got? Who's got good pants? I mean, I'm not from there, but okay. Well, I guess I shouldn't give my answer yet. But yeah, you got to pick some sort of trunk, some sort of bottom half. <sighs> Yeah. Oh. A lot of good options here. There are. There's almost too many good ones, honestly. You know what this feels like? is uh. like making your created wrestler in like SmackDown for PlayStation 1. Yes. And like yes. you only get to pick from, from like – other characters exactly, that they're already wearing. Exactly. Totally. So we, we're, we're do, we've got our, our heads, we've got our tops, and it's now time to pick our bottoms yep, here. Yeah, exactly. What's going to look good with the Sonata mask? This does feel exactly like and that. And an Austin <laughs> vest. Uh, 
I'm going to go with the... No, because then they say his name on them. That's okay. You can remove the name. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, even then, I don't know. I don't know. I... Ah, okay, I'm going to give my yeah, answer. Go, go, go. What you yeah, think. Yeah. So I'm going to go with the Chris Jericho's Mania 19 bottoms. Mike and I have talked about this in our group chat before of our shared love of it. That like faded blue with the side white pieces and then the black boots that like come up to the knee. I was thinking about Jericho's pants too. Oh, that like, gear. When, when he was still wearing tights instead of just trunks. Oh, yeah. He had some of the best in the game. The tights and high boots. It's a great look. Guys don't do it anymore. I like punks with the those boots with the tights too, but I have mm. no Chicago ties. I thought of the Undertaker purple ones, but I have no – what am I going to do with wearing the Chicago flag? So I'm going to go with uh, Jericho's Mania 19 gear, the, the blue bottoms and the high black boots uh you know what i'm gonna go with is the prince puma type. oh the the actual the, like yeah. animal print ones the on ones the side. that velveteen yeah. ripped off those are a awesome months ago love that i'm surprised no one neither of us said any of uh rick roots i feel like or uh or even rvds like yeah. airbrushing is great yeah the airbrush rick rude thing yeah that's a good that's a good look but that's it I for us <laughs> that was a good question. Man, the, the pants were the hardest part. The pants were the hardest I was part. leaning towards maybe like uh, the kind of like glittery silver Triple H tights. Yeah. Because I thought that would be a good look with Sonata, who's got kind of a glittery silver mask also. Yeah, I probably didn't put enough thought into how they look cohesively. Yeah. I was just like, what are three that I and like? And then the vest is kind of black and silver too. That's dope. So you know what? I am going to pick the Triple H. Yeah. Trunks. Keep a black and silver motif to everything like that I picked there. The vest is the, I would argue, the definitive number one though mm. it's just badass walking and it's flapping yeah it's, what are people need, do people not do a vest now just because it's so iconic one. to austin yeah i think so yeah i guess that makes sense because like what if you were to see somebody wear a leather vest fucking Stephen amell did it on all in oh, did he i didn't even know yeah he had the, but he had like the basically he was wearing like a full matte black version of the green arrow costume right that's okay, i'm not familiar enough with the arrow but that makes sense yeah anyways JMO, if you or anyone else like this episode of the show, please head on over to the iTunes store. Give us a rate, review, subscribe. We all always that good appreciate stuff. that. We, we haven't asked in a while, and I feel like when we, we do, we see it. We always forget to ask, but we, we, we love when more people hear our show, and that's a good way of making that happen. Yeah. Uh, but if you don't want to do that, you can always go give us money instead, which we always appreciate. And that's, that's patreon.com slash topmarks. That's right. Jamo, anything else we got to get out before some advice for the um, people? No, you know, just uh, just if you're going to occupy your time this week, if you're looking for something to do while we fill your ear holes. Yeah. I mean, we already did. So it's tough to give this advice at the end of the show. Yeah, it's too late to yeah. listen but to you our know, show. If you're going to do something you did it. while you listen to a podcast, why not make that something be Spider-Man oh. for PS4? Wow, really couldn't recommend it. That's all I'm enough. thinking about. <laughs> really couldn't recommend it. I've been thinking it about it for the last hundred minutes here. <laughs> We're about to go uh, eat dinner together, about to go share a bowl of ramen. Yeah, and, and then the whole uh, time I'm going to be like, can we wrap this up so yeah, I can go play Spider-Man? Uh, this is decent company, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Until next week, stay hot, stay spicy, and stay tasting great. Just like our ramen bowl, but in this case, your Curry Man! What what what? Titus Worldwide. Have you thought about what you're gonna get? 
I mean, it, ramen butcher, right? They only yeah. do one kind, don't no, they? No, they got all the different colors. Do they? Yeah, it's like green, oh. orange, red, and black. Oh, when I went, I felt like it was like a white kind of milky broth. Oh, yeah, the broth is all that, but it's like different ingredients. Ah. Orange is the way to go. Ground miso pork. That sounds great. It's unreal. Yeah. I'm going to get me some uh, the sweet vinegar chicken karage. On oh, the, yeah, that's the best, right? That, that's... I mean, I don't know if you can say it's my favorite fried chicken in I, town. Okay, I, I gotta call both you and John out right now. Oh, do yeah, it. John yeah. is not in the room. Yeah, I'll I wish defend you, both I wish of he us. would burst through the door. Should right I see now. if he's like, out there? Somebody say my name. Should I see if but he's out somebody, there? Somebody, a listener who I'm not particularly fond of. Okay. They try to <laughs> they try to engage with me in feuds, and nobody <gasps> nobody engages with me and comes out on top. Right. <laughs> wow. I'm going to bury the shit out of you if you try to feud with me. <laughs> as one real good listener tries to constantly. Okay, not I a listener to this show. No, no, no. I wasn't on the show last week. Right. And he wrote, there's something different about this episode that makes it stand up about above all the rest of them. Oh, yeah. And I wanted to write back to him. I don't know. Sounds exactly like the other 159 that you're not on. <laughs> Why did you say that? Because I'm not allowed to be mean to our listeners, even though they're mean to me constantly. You, uh... But somebody tried to ask the real good group if Japa Dog is any good. Oh, yeah, yeah. And both you and John both yeah. said, eh, just okay. I said I like the pork katsu one, but the, the one with the tons of mayonnaise and teriyaki sauce, I'm not very crazy about. I love Japa Dog, but you know what they do best? What's Which that? you cannot get at the cart. You need to go to the actual store, I've never been to the storefront. the storefront. They do the chicken karage, man. Their oh. fried chicken thigh is unreal. Oh, I don't. I thought you were going after me harder than that. I, I like Japa Dog. I go, like, you, you've been with me going to movies where yeah, I grab yeah, one yeah. before. Yeah. But do you ever get it? I only started doing Japa I, I I've lived here my whole life, save for a brief spell up north. Only started going to Japa Dog this year. Do you feel like sometimes they put way too much teriyaki sauce yeah. on it? Like yeah. that, that, I, that's really what I should have But their karage is outstanding. Oh, yeah. The, and, and I find getting good karage is, is a harder proposition than you might think. Yeah, I would, we've gone so long on the good great hey. after. But Ramen Gojira is good. Uh, oh, Ramen Gojira has the best chicken in the fucking city outside of Juke, maybe. I was going to say Phnom Penh for that. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's a different kind yeah. of chicken. I don't even know. Juke, I feel like, has gone off a little bit. Last yeah, last time, time I had it, I didn't really like it as much. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways. Stay hot, people. Speaking of chicken wings. <laughs> love you. Let's go eat some. We love you. Do we? I love them. I do you can too. be mean to our listeners, though. No, I, lo- I love our listeners. Yeah. Uh, there's never been a point at any time that the Top Marks listeners tried to engage me in a feud and be mean to me. I feel like our show has, like, a very unhostile mm-hmm. thing. I mean, I don't... It just—I feel like the community under—it's a very like, what are you up to? Yeah, you know, yeah. like I like that. Yeah, yeah. This guy came at me one time. He was like, "I think just blah blah, blah, blah that you're such a blah blah blah." <gasps> I know. And then who you're I wrote about. back, really, because I I, I I never think about I you. don't think about you ever. Can I say his name? No. <laughs> <laughs> I know who it is. <laughs> but you were there when I wrote that tweet. Yeah. And I got in all kinds of trouble for that. Can I say something about him? Sure. I'm gonna eat my own dick off <laughs> if I see him. <laughs> 